everyone to the show! Timeless Gamer, where the games and gamers grow older while the gaming experiences remain timeless. This is the weekend podcast show that discusses everything about video games, brought to you by Kinoi Retro Gaming. For those who are still not aware, the previous live shows are still available for streaming by going to the Facebook page of Kinoi Retro Gaming or by going to our dedicated YouTube page, which is Timeless Gamer PRG. And of course, you can still catch our live shows by going to the Twitch channel of Pinoy Retro Gaming as well. And our audio format um, are still quite available by going to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And just to confirm, we're also in iTunes. Just go search for Timeless Gamer. And we got a wonderful show for all of you guys out there. And just to introduce the panel, let's start with Sir Pao. Good evening, good morning, and good afternoon as well to all other viewers in other parts of the world. And welcome to our show. All right, Mr. Retro Freak, Sir Raymond. What's up? What's up? All right. How are you doing, guys? What's up? And of course, coming from New Jersey, Mr. Banyagang native, Sir Joel. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Timeless Gamer. I hope you have a good time with us today. And of course, joining us, uh, Mr. Siebert East Retro Gaming. Hi, guys. All right. And of and so for the first time ever on this show, we are so. Uh, so blessed and quite proud of having this particular person uh, joining us for uh, for this program. Um, coming from uh, from England, no? um, our very first European co-panelist here on the Timeless Gamer, uh, Mr. Dan Faulkner, one of the moderators Woo! of Mega Genesis Facebook group. I give it up for Sir Dan. All right, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Right. Hello, Dan. So, um, before we uh, before we go with the uh, with the program here, let's give a, um, a quick shout out to the chat tat tat. How are you all how are you all guys doing out there? Uh, Mr. Sherwin Barbadillo Misa is the first one to be there. Uh, Sir Jeff Sardalia representing PRG. Sir Dan Dice is also there now. We're in. Um, Sir Dan Dice also um, watching us on uh, on our Twitch feed. All right. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, so Sir Dan, um, since this is your first time being, uh, being in the Times Gamer podcast, we will give the spotlight to you. Uh, just tell us, uh, just tell us more about yourself, especially, uh, specifically your uh, your history in gaming. Uh, let's give it to Sir Dan. Yes, my uh, gaming background uh, started uh, very young, around four years old, around 1983. Um, mainly playing uh, uh, BBC micro games uh, and then I got into arcade gaming uh, got big into arcade gaming which was a massive thing in the UK a really vibrant uh, arcade scene over here uh, and that led me on to get a master system from first contract because all the same games that were on that then progressed into to get in the Mega Drive or Genesis as you know it, which is my favourite console and still is today and I've played by far and away the most today. Um, I was a big Sega fanboy, big Sega fanboy um, and brought 
I, I did cheat on Sega with Nintendo and got myself a Super Nintendo uh, simply because they also had some cracking games and uh, and yeah from, from there that were the golden era I got a PC as well um, and since then I've, I've had you know pretty much every generation of console since but I'd say that's the, that the, this generation we're talking about now uh, Sega Mega Drive and Super Nintendo is my favourite generation for sure. Alright, thank you for that Sir, uh, Sir Dan. So ladies and gentlemen, we got Sir Dan here representing the blue brand of Sega for this particular topic which is um, we're going to focus more on is the sixth generation, Sebert? This is the sixth generation, right? Between uh, yes. the sixth generation. I'll leave, I'll leave got it. Yeah. So it's Sega Genesis versus Super Nintendo, guys. So, so as you will recall, for all of you guys who have um, been with this for quite some time, we've done our console wars video, uh, video uh, movie video game review um, of console wars uh, by Mr. Blake Harris. Uh, on our episode where we discussed um, the history and the political drama, the backstage, um, uh, hullabaloo regarding Sega Genesis and and Super Nintendo. No? And unfortunately, on that particular episode, we really didn't focus more on the games themselves. So for our season finale, season three finale of Famous Gamer, we are going to tackle more on uh, the games that made Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo stood out during the 90s console wars. So we're going to start with um, so we're going to start with our um, I'm gonna ask everyone here in the panel of course Sir Dan uh, um, you already mentioned but uh, that he's a Sega fanboy so this Sega how about Sir Raymond? What um, Sega or Nintendo? Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo. Okay, Raymond is on the Nintendo then. As much as I want to do to do Sega, Nintendo. Eh. Mm. I still, I'm a Nintendo boy. Eh. Nintendo but, boy. <laughs> How about Sir Paul? Sega or Nintendo? <sighs> Mm-hmm. Because in my younger days, I'm more on Nintendo. Nintendo, of course. How about Sir Joel? Sega well, or Nintendo? I, I'm actually of a mixed background. I was heavy into the... Atari. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> As Raymond says, I'm more of, I was started with the Atari and the ColecoVision. But during this generation, I have to say that I was more of a Sega Mega Drive Genesis guy. Because of the fact that... I'm, my character is, I tend to be a little bit contrarian. I'm the guy who kind of gets the thing that everybody is, that everybody's not into. During our time, as you can, as you notice, most of the Filipinos during our generation, uh, during, during the, during the time of the Sega, uh, of the SNES Famicom and Sega Genesis Mega Drive, everybody, as you can tell, was into the, <laughs> into the Super Famicom or Super NES. I went for the Sega Genesis Mega Drive because I saw it. I said, "Hey, this is kind of cool. I I like kind of like this a little bit better than what everybody's got." So that's what I got. I'm a Sega Mega Drive guy. All right. You're an Atari guy, Tito Jobe. Okay, fine. I'm an Atari, Atari guy. guy. That's right. 
<laughs> How about Sir Seaver? Uh, Sega or Nintendo? Well, obviously, I'm wearing red. Yeah. But I'm, I'm actually for Sega. Nothing blue. <laughs> no, nothing blue, yeah. Not no, no. Blue. The reason, why, the reason why I'm wearing red, so I, I just want to show it before we proceed with the with the show. So I just Being made. Being ironic. <laughs> um, Dan, I just want to ask you. Uh, you, you said you mentioned you you also uh, collect games from uh, Super NES. So, so are there any particular games you like from from that console from that? Uh, aside from yeah, Sega, I, mean, I think the Super Nintendo. I think the best games on the system are timeless. I think the the the, the top, you know, 20 games. It's, it's easy to see why people love it so much, because you know, Super Mario World, Link to the Past, Super Metroid, Contra 3. Contra 3 is my favourite. I like a lot of violence in my games. I like, I like to kill things. Um, so all all them type of games, are, are amazing, absolutely amazing, and. Um, I think they've stood the test of time incredibly. I've, I'm a big fan of Act Razor. I just played the Act Razor remake. Act Razor. Act Razor, yes, yes. Um, and even though the remake's not bad, I still prefer the, the original Super Nintendo version. I did try the Act Razor remake on mobile, if I remember correctly, and it moved a little bit, well, actually, much slower than what than what the original SNES one felt like. So continue that. No, yeah, I, th- I think the Super, the, the Super Nintendo, um, it's got, it's got a different appeal to the Genesis, isn't it? Really, the, the, Ge- the Genesis is more of a, of um, an edgy type of uh, uh, console, which is why I can see, like I say, if you like to be a bit different, that's what you like. But the Super Nintendo's got uh, uh, some fantastic games on it. Although I will say, I do, I still, I, I, I think the, the, the Mega Drive is very underrated. By the mainstream now, I think I think yeah, these four Super Nintendo games um, are, 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 are the be-all and end-all to a lot of gamers, whereas the the Mega Drive has all a, a vast array of, of like you know, oh, diversity games that people have never heard of that I I like almost as much. Just wearing things, did not sell like. All right, very cool. Um, any RPG game you played uh, back in the days for the Super oh. Nintendo? Because it okay, it's very popular back in the days. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> I find right. I you I used to I used to absolutely love. Um, the Final Fantasy games, mm. uh, four, four, five, and That's not likely. No, I'm not going to say six. But I'm, I'm a weird one like this. I'm like yourself, mate. That I actually never really liked six. Um, I, oh. I, I, I found it a real, real step backwards. I really liked the job system in Final Fantasy five, mm. and then when it disappeared for Final Fantasy six, it just put me off it. So. You should have um, seen Sir Pao's facial expression when you said that. Sorry, <laughs> really I, 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 I knew it would upset somebody. I knew it. Well, well this, this might upset you more. I know this is going to upset somebody, but um, I used to love Chrono Trigger as a kid. Chrono Trigger, yes. Used to love it. Everybody worships Chrono Trigger. Mm. I, I can't. I can't play it anymore, though. I think it's so. It's the way it's structured, and because it's quite easy. Mm. It's not remained one of my fa- favorite RPGs, um, and I actually prefer the Sega Genesis um, for RPGs. 
I, oh I, yeah, I, Crusader I, Genesis. I, personally speaking, uh, I my my favorite RPG series is Fantasy Star on Sega, yeah. on Sega Mega Drive. So Joe Joe would know this exactly because <laughs> I've always touted uh, the Fantasy Star series as the pinnacle of RPGs in uh, on the Mega Drive. But anyway, continue, Joe. All right. Um, oh, there are there are a lot more people coming into the chat. Uh, Sir Tres Natas there, Juan De Marcos, Sir Derek Tonai, Ayan Bitangkol. Uh, thank you, thank you, uh, guys, for uh, for being here. Miss Kate Factor is also there at the chat. Sir Ray Verhel Espinosa joining us as well. Uh, welcome, welcome, guys. Oh, Sir Gomez Tablet joining in, and Mr. Page Name uh, Page Name Required uh, joining us in our Twitch page. So um, it's it's uh, I think it's fair to say that everyone here in the panel have their own fond memories of both Sega Genesis and Nintendo games in particular. So to piggyback with what, uh, with what Sir Siebert mentioned, you know, so he already asked Sir Dan in regarding his favorite Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo game. So let's, uh, let's jump the gun and let's discuss first our, uh, our favorite fondest memories of Super Nintendo games. So let's start with Sir Siebert. Sir Siebert, anything you want to tell us about your um, your game experience regarding Super Nintendo? Um, I did mention I'm a Sega I'm, 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 I'm a Sega fanboy. So the reason why I asked Mr. Dan Oops, Faulkner is because I, I it's colored white. So I'm not sure if you... This is yeah. uh, the Chrono Trigger. If you're familiar with the characters, so there's Frog, uh, Ayla, uh, anyway, Robo, and Luca. So, it's a little bit blurry there, um, but we can uh, we can pretty much discern the characters still. So I think that's what I'm from. Technical difficulties with the internet. Sorry having, about that, guys. I apologize. I'm just having problems with the internet. Yeah. Yeah, Seabirds yeah, are for resident now, I just want to share my uh, Super Nintendo. Yeah, so that is his, his, his modification. Super Nintendo the Pro Trigger version. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, I'm just having so any, with any, any games in particular with Super Nintendo, Sir Seabird? Well, I do have... Uh, it's not a good game, but it's... It's one of those uh, games I just uh, pimped recently. It's the I like it, mate. I, I, I enjoy that. It's a two-way oh, wow, game, but I like it. The Simpsons, <laughs> Bart's, um, Bart's, Bart's Nightmare. Nightmare. There you go. Uh, that's right. So maybe I'll just dig in uh, for, for now. I'll just show this at the moment. So what can you tell us about Mark's Nightmare? Um, you already played it, you already finished it, Sir Stewart. So what can you tell us about Mark's Nightmare? Well, it's a 2D platformer. So, um, you're, it, Bart's uh, doing this, uh, he has an assignment that he has to work on. And the pages uh, kind of um, got flown uh out of the window, so I'm I'm really having a hard time um, <laughs> translating myself. But anyway, um, it, it's a fun game. It's difficult. It's hard, but uh, it, it can be fun. To oh. 
but uh, this is actually my first uh, yeah. uh, or, oh, I think it's um uh, his uh, 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 <laughs> alright and he in the moment alright uh, let's proceed with Sir Ray uh, Sir Ray <coughs> well Super Famicom, Super Nintendo. Actually, Super Famicom Japan model to, diba? So, one of the memories of so uh, the Nintendo um Power Rangers, you know? Ooh. Is it the movie? Uh, no, the ano, the uh, fighting game edition. Ah, the fighting game, the tournament yeah. edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. Uh, yun yung uh, that was the first ever. Nintendo game, uh, Super Nintendo game that I ever played. So that's my fondest memory of, aside aside of Super Mario, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, Power Rangers. Uh, at the same time, halata naman na Power Ranger fanatic ako with this sword. So, <laughs> so yun. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yung pinapalabas ni Tito Joel. Wait. I'll add, I'll, yeah, the Super... There you go. Yeah, the, Sofa, the Power Rangers Fighting Edition that was produced by, you know, Bandai. Uh, yeah. That's the second season, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah. The second um, season of uh, Power Rangers, actually. Uh, with Thunder Megazords on it. Yeah. Thunder, Thunder Megazord, White Tiger Zord. Yeah, and nilabas yung ano um uh, may hidden boss si Ivan Ooze dito dito yon dito sa game na to so that's it Power Ranger Fighting Edition <laughs> Power Ranger Fighting Edition anything else aside that uh, aside from that game sorry well Super Mario Land <laughs> what Super else Mario Land. <laughs> and the Mario Kart thing yeah. Uh, Isn't Super Mario Land the game that introduced Yoshi? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the one that introduced Yoshi. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Super Mario Land, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Super Mario Land and Power Rangers: The Tournament Edition. So what, yeah. sir? Uh, so what we're showing right here is this um, the Super Mario Land? Uh, the SNES, uh, the SNES version. Yes, SNES version. There you go. Um, how about Sir Pao? Sir Pao, what can you tell us about your gaming experience regarding Super Nintendo? Hmm? Well, I, I was introduced to Super Nintendo back when I was six during my one-year stay in Cebu City, the Visayas region. And the Super Nintendo introduced me to the following characters. First, Ryu from Street Fighter 2 because that's the very first game I played in that system. And I got constant I got constantly defeated by Dalsim. I I was never <laughs> able to get I was never able to move on from from the first fight all throughout the one hour I was playing that game. And then after that each and every Sunday I always have this schoolmate of mine who plays Mortal Kombat with me and constantly defeats me as well. I never won I never won one single match against that but then it was a good memory and that that was the start of me being in love with fighting games thanks to Super Nintendo alright nice. so uh, Mortal, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter Street 2 Street Fighter 2 yes oh, uh, fighting games anything um, any other genres from uh, from the system hmm. 
well maybe a few years later i i was able to try super mario world Mm-hmm. And then some other type, some other titles like the Final Fantasy VI, <laughs> and and Sir Dan's favorite, Contra Three. Nice Contra Three. There you go. And thank you for that, Sir Pao. How about Sir Joel? Sir Joel, what can you say about your gaming experience with the Super Nintendo? Oop. Not as familiar. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the Super Nintendo because, like I said, during the during that era. I did what I uh, I after the Super Famic uh, after the Famicom, I was shopping around for which console I was going to be playing. I was looking at what everybody was playing, and I had this. Uh, I saw everybody had the Super Nintendo, and I went for the Sega Genesis. But I have to admit, there there were there were times when I visited my cousin, who did have the um the Super Nin- the Super Famicom slash Super Nintendo in their home, and I was able to play a few games there. One of my most favorite Super NES, Super Nintendo games uh, was Terranigma. It's part of the Soul Blazer series, uh, Soul Blazer trilogy, if I remember correctly. And that one I really got into because of the fact that it had a. Well, I'm I'm a story-based kind of guy. Any game with a good story, no matter how bad the gameplay is, no matter how terrible it looks, as long as it's got a good story, I'm all over it. So in this case, Terranigma was that game that really drew me into. Uh, the Super Famicom, Super Nintendo games. Terranigma was an action RPG, which actually goes completely against my grain because I'm a turn-based RPG guy. Joe would know this. I I love turn-based RPGs. And unusually, Terranigma really drew me in right from the get-go because it grabbed you in terms of storyline from the beginning and just never let go all the way to the very end of it. Uh, speaking of storylines, I absolutely also loved another Super NES game called uh, Lufia and the Fortress of Lufia. Doom. Lufia and the Fortress of Doom. Sad to say, I wasn't the one that actually finished that one. It was my brother Eric, Eric Buckley, who uh, went through it. I, I started off. I, as When it comes to have a four-brother household, there's four of you, all guys. You start off one game, and before you know it, your brother's already halfway through the game, had picked up your game, and and you just wonder why? Why are you playing my why game? Playing my game? And, <laughs> and I just might as well. I decided I might as well just sit back and watch you play. And he, he he went through it. He finished it. And I have to admit, Lufia and the Fortress of Doom was a really really good game. And you know, I guess it saved me the effort of having to finish it myself. <laughs> so, and of course, the third game that I really got into for the Sega, ah, for the for the Super Nintendo Famicom, was another uh, very unknown game called The Fireman. I'm not sure if anybody at all knows anything about. Yeah, it. yeah, I've played that one, mate. You have, yeah. yeah that, that's got that's got a Dan in it, isn't it? Dan and uh, I can't remember the other guy. Two, two, you two blokes, aren't you? And it's like a shoot 'em up. That's it. It's much like a it's much like a shoot 'em up. And um, let me just bring up the footage of it if I can find it. Um, the basic idea is uh, you are two firemen. Of course, what you firemen do? Basically, they they fight fires. The, your missions comprise of rescuing people from a burning building. Your weapon is basically a portable fire hose. You go around uh, buildings that are burning down. And you fight fires, which have very strange movements, shall we say? <laughs> they they move weirdly. They form. They, they make different forms. When you shoot water at them, they disappear. And 
it's a lot of fun. It's it's not as deep as most uh, other RPGs go. It's not really an RPG per se. It's more of an action action puzzle strategy game hybrid. But it's uh, it's pulse pounding, especially considering the fact that you know that at, and, and you are running out of time, as you can see from the upper left corner. You have a time limit there in trying to save the people that you're trying to save, trying to put out the fire of the building and completing your objective. So that is, again, one of the more obscure games that I played on the Super Nintendo uh, Japanese Famicom. Uh, luckily enough, uh, it was I found an English copy of it. I think it only came out in Europe, if I remember correctly, Dan. Uh, and I was lucky enough to have actually found it. I found a copy. It, it does have a sequel on the PlayStation, but it hasn't been translated into English just yet. Sometime in the future, if they translate the PlayStation 1 uh, into the PlayStation 1 sequel into English, I'd love to get a crack at that. But right now, this game has fond memories for me in terms of the Super Nintendo Japanese Famicom. That's it. So what we are showing here, um, guys, is the video game footage of the Fireman for the Super Famicom Super Nintendo. So, Sir Joel, so the objective of the game is not necessarily taking out all of the fire? No. Uh, your objective is like if you if somebody's trapped in the burning building, you fight your way through the fires to be able to rescue that person. Right. Generally, that's the flow of the game itself. Trying to... Well, I mean, I guess you could try to put out all the fires within the time limit. That's a separate challenge in itself. But in, t in 10 minutes, I don't think you'll be able to. Uh, the basic idea is if, if within 10 minutes you haven't rescued the person, they would probably die of suffocation uh, from the fires, uh, from the smoke coming from the fires. But that is that is the game that I really like to play. Weirdly enough, you know, the fires move strangely. They they just flow through the building and everything. And your your fire hoses, portable fire hoses, have un well uh, unlimited water. <laughs> you take damage though, still. So because if you hit the fire, then you take damage. Of course you can die go going through the fires as well so that's it um the fireman on super nes japanese famicom wow right. uh, thank you for that sir joel so no uh the fireman ladies and gentlemen okay so on my side um a little bit of um background history you know especially with sir dan um in the philippines sir dan not all of the households have the luxury to buy their own Sega or Super Nintendo. Yeah. So most of us in the Philippines, we just go to our, uh, we have our, um, so some households have their own Sega and Super Nintendo, so they tend to rent those out. So yeah. they have a few, so they have a few, a couple of, a couple of Genesis, Mega Drives, a couple of Super Nintendos, and then they will, they will rent those out to the neighboring kids. So that's most of our gaming history right there. And for all of the, uh, for all of us who can't really afford owning a system, that's the next best thing for us to play the game. So, um, among with the Super Nintendo uh, memories, the earliest ones that I could remember. So, um, we have I have this neighbor who um, who bought their Super Nintendo, a US Super Nintendo, and I played on those. I think um, the game that was bundled with their system was the. Um, the Super Mario Kart and we played the hell out of that game I enjoyed it for what it was um, it's not as cool as Road Fighter <laughs> Road Fighter for uh, for uh, for the original NES but 
uh, it was pretty fun, uh, Super Mario Kart. And out of all of the Super Mario Kart versions that we have um, for every gaming system that Nintendo came up with, I still go with the original, the first one, Super Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, in regards to it, Super Nintendo, other games could be Dragon Ball Budo 10. Uh, that's a tournament fighter, the one that has um, Majin Vegeta and Future Trunks as the um, unlockable character. Um, Gundam Wing, uh, Endless Duel, of course, during the time when Gundam Wing was um, was a hit back in, uh, back in the 20s and the late 90s. I enjoyed that game as well. Yu Yu Hakusho. You you have to show as well, but more uh, mine's more on the um, the fighting tournament side of of Super Nintendo. I never really like uh, Mario uh, the Mario uh, the Mario's and the Links for some reason. I just I just enjoyed the other uh, other games that Super Nintendo had to offer. Well, when um, whatever it, whatever games were available back in the Philippines back uh, back in the uh, back in those days. Growing up, um, now that I have the uh, now that I had the resources to buy my own, just to prepare for this show, sir Dan. Actually, I got my Super Nintendo right here, and then I tried to boot it up last night just to play a few games that I have, and then it's not turning on. Oh, so I, you're joking! It's not oh. turning on, and so I checked a few forums and I checked some YouTube videos, and they said most likely the culprit is the fuse. And I don't have the uh, I don't have the tools to replace the fuse. I, I asked Sir Seabird. Seabird is our um, our resident uh, fixer upper around here. So I I, I asked Seabird what would be the best possible solution, and he said it might have been the fuse. And I have my own multimeter. I tested the fuse. I'm getting zero, nothing, no charge at all. So most likely it's the fuse. Um, it's been a while since I I booted that up actually like more than four years now and oh. and i'm like i'm so confident that you know um my my nas would at least be um would would stand the test of time regardless whether i play it or not i was that uh, i was that confident of its hardware capability and then nothing and i thought maybe i maybe i got my um maybe my tv is not compatible with it and that's bullshit. i got my <laughs> uh, it's not it's not the cords i mean uh, i tried my i, I got the, i got a um a universal cord that can go to, to gamecubes to super nintendo and, and it, it works fine with those not on the nes the super nes and i'm like oh shit. might have been the fuse yeah anyways um uh, as I grew up, guys, so of course you know me. I'm a I'm an RPG kind of guy. So one of the um, one of the games that I played and finished, of course, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show it here. I got oh uh, sorry, uh, green screen. Star Ocean. We got Star, Star Ocean, Ocean. The very first one. Mm. I got this one from Japan. I uh, got this one from Japan on a bargain, and the original Chrono Trigger. Mm. Um, for the Chrono Trigger, as Sir Dan mentioned, um, it's not if uh, for every uh, uh, Sir Pao played this or Derek Pone played this, uh, guys, if you are going to play an RPG for the Super Nintendo, 
the easiest one that you can play would be Chrono Trigger. Yeah. yeah. Nothing much going on for it. It's not that complicated. Um, like Sir Dan mentioned, because of its of its simplistic gameplay, um, you're not really gonna get a good challenge out of it. It's more story driven rather than the gameplay itself. That's why I'll, there's a good cult following regarding Chrono Trigger, saying it's the best game for the second uh, for the Super Nintendo system, yada yada. And yeah, um, yeah, sure. I mean, to each its own. Certain appeal, isn't there, mate? I think I think you've touched on a key thing there that. The ease at which you can get into these games on Super Nintendo, Super Mario World, uh, Link to the Past, and Chrono Trigger is what makes it so appealing to so many people because yeah. the, the, the lack of challenge, which is not always a bad thing, you know what I mean, just makes it easily accessible for so many people. That's well, true. Um, somebody online once said, the video, your most, your, the most favorite video game that you'll ever have for the rest of your life is the video game that you really got into when you were 11 years old. So it's it's like one of those things that you it's nostalgia plus yeah. what you first really got into hardcore. It's it's a lot of people really got into Chrono Trigger because, like you said, Dan, it's really easy to play. Yeah. It's very story driven. It's got multiple endings, so people have fond memories oh, of it. Yeah, I, I, I've gone through it maybe two three times. It's it's really good. I have to admit. Yeah, but, yeah it's not i wouldn't really classify it as the absolute very best yeah i know i'm gonna get you know i i, I hear people getting their their torches and pitchforks ready right now because <laughs> but it, 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 you know as somebody who has gone through a lot of weird strange obscure different games it's the it's a good game but i can't really classify it as the absolute very best i mean dan would know he's, he's uh, I think you mentioned a little bit earlier in the in the, the uh, pre in the pre-show portion that you are currently going through your library. Of yes, mate, yes. Sega Mega Drive games. Tell us a little bit about that one. Dan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I, well. I'm going through all the games I I own at the minute, mm. um, and I'm particularly focusing on the 16-bit era. Mm. Uh, I've played 260 so far. And 260 ladies and gentlemen right there <laughs> 264 actually just 264 <laughs> but uh but um i've tried to play them all to completion some of them are, are too too poor to to play to, to completion mm. uh but um but i've still got a long long a lot more to go but it's given me a really good perspective on as you were talking about games that i liked as a as a kid and why i liked them as a kid and games that still hold up now and that is the big difference i find when i'm reading a lot of online um especially mainstream journalists such as ign uh, mm. and doing the lists saying all oh, right uh you know this is the best game ever well, you know chrono trigger when i was 15 it was fun it was the best rpg ever i loved mm. it fantastic going back to it now i said i just can't I, I, it's the same thing there's no fantasy fantasy star 4 um is one of my favorite rpgs of the oh, year yeah. i absolutely love fancy star fall mm -hmm. um but it's got it's got a challenge it's, it's got that it is there's certain battles that you can have in it that no matter how well equipped you are or how well prepped you are or how well you know the battles the random elements that are thrown in there always keep you on your toes and yeah. that's that's missing from chrono trigger for me so the nice thing about fantasy star 4 also if you play it ha after having gone through one two and three there's lots of callbacks to uh, lots of callbacks to the previous games. 
that you will realize Final Fantasy, Fantasy Star 4 basically ties out everything and whatever comes after is basically icing on the cake but yeah. yes those games if anybody is at all interested in alternative role-playing games job I, I know you're 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 really into the into the uh, into the RPG scene that's what Dan and I would recommend the fantasy star series especially yes. since we saw and uh, this is a little beyond the discussion right now but I streamed a little bit of fantasy star generations for ps2 there was there's an English translation of that now so the original fantasy star 1 fantasy star 2 have been reissued in the in PlayStation 2 with English translations and brand new modernized graphics so I think that that's something that I'd recommend to you job but in terms of um, in terms of uh, RPGs yes I completely agree with Dan Chrono Trigger is really good but I can't really say that it's the absolute best. And please put your pitchforks down, ladies and gentlemen. This is <laughs> a very subjective opinion. It's very Everybody's subjective. entitled to them. <laughs> um, what else about Super uh, Super Nintendo? Oh, of course. Um, the first Tales of Fantasia, of course. We got it right here. Oh, yeah. The Tales games. Yes. The first uh, Tales of Fantasia. I don't That's know why. I do Mm-hmm. As, as, as a series, I really love that, but I've not played that game yet. I've played all the, all the later ones. Mm. The very first Tales of Fantasia, ladies and gentlemen. And they only got the English translation um, when it was ported for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay. And then uh, the PlayStation 1 also got... Actually, the PlayStation 1... So Japanese for the S uh, for the Super, uh, Super Famicom, and then it was ported for the PlayStation One, still in Japanese, and then they released a localized version of it for the Game Boy Advance. There you go. Um, it was also mentioned earlier about um, right there in the chat, uh, Super Mario RPG. Um, that's what happens when um, Square and um, the love child of Squaresoft and Nintendo, of course, you got their Super Mario RPG here. Uh, actually, my brother played this, uh, uh, played and finished this one. I just stood there and watched. Um, Proof that not all one night stands turn out to be bad experiences. No. <laughs> <laughs> thing, um, this is one of those. Um, so uh, Nintendo and Square, uh, Square got really drunk one night, got freaky. Yeah, <laughs> this is what came out of it. Um, people enjoyed it. Um, I also got Magic Knight Ray Earth. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. most people uh, went with the anime of that means one. Magic Knight Ray Earth, mm-hmm. one of the one of the uh, one of the first isekai mm-hmm. alternative world games or anime that was yeah. um that was popularized uh, yeah for all of you anime fanatics right now that isekai genre that you guys are crazy over isekai. where people get ported into different worlds this is where it all started this well, one the of 90s, the 90s. Not, not not that uh, not the sword art online crap that you got right now no 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 <laughs> This is hardcore right here. Oh yeah. And um, Sir uh, Sir Joel mentioned earlier, Terranigma. Terranigma, oh, yes. Terranigma for the Super Famicom. Now, uh, Terranigma, as they uh, as the panel mentioned, only came out for Japan and um, Japan and Europe. So 
Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not sure why they didn't. Uh, they didn't make it for uh, for the U.S. release. But as far as I can tell, uh, because of poor sales, I think they only patched it to um, uh, to Japan and Europe and Japan and Europe only. Terranigma. When I when I got heard of, uh, when I heard of Terranigma at first, I, I checked it out. It kind of looks like Zelda, like Legend of Zelda at first. No, you, you don't have a party. You don't have a, you don't have a party with you. You're just adventuring alone, and like so, this is basically Zelda. Um, what what makes what makes it so um, so unique with with the others out there? And the asking price of Terradigma, guys, as far as R RPGs for the Super Nintendo is concerned, it's one of the most expensive out there. Even the loose card, I got this out of a bargain. Not really a bargain. I haggled it. With um, Facebook Marketplace, I only got it for 120 Australian dollars. And wow. compare it with the eBay prices that you have right now, that you're not even sure if it uh, if those are even genuine or not. And so then um, I was about to test this out, but of course, my Super Nintendo's not working. <laughs> oh. uh, disclaimer to everybody: I should have tested. I, I should have tested this out. The, um, the first to everybody, Joe is our high roller in this group. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should. So, well, until until I get my Super Nintendo fix, um, hopefully it works. But I think, it, uh, but I think it will. Hopefully. So that's it. Um, as far as the Super Nintendo is concerned, those are all for me. Um, so and that's actually kind of why I'm very thankful for. For the modern era, uh, the mini consoles that have come out recently, the Sega, Sega Genesis Mega Drive Mini, uh, the Super Famicom Mini, the Super, mini. Uh, yeah. the Super Nintendo Mini. I'm also very, I'm also particularly thankful to companies that are coming out now, like Hyperkin. Hyperkin have um, modern uh, versions of the consoles that are coming out that actually play the old cartridges. So your dilemma job that's happening right now at least will not impact us as badly going forward in terms that's of the uh, that's the downside of, um, of a uh, hardware console uh, collector yes. it's the maintenance yeah. of it let me ask you Dan are you are you a hardware collector as well um my collection really I, I've not I've, I've never been a a focus collector I just mm. I just bought what I did at the time and kept mm. it really I've never thrown anything away um, I felt really well I felt lucky what I did is I didn't I didn't enjoy the uh, initial uh, transition to 3d you know okay. when it was at the N64 the PlayStation um, that kind of era I just didn't think the games played as well Do you know what I mean I, 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 I bought the consoles I bought the games mm. I found myself not not really enjoying them so i went out at, at that time uh -huh. bought loads of uh 16-bit games which is where i got my collection from because they're all cheap everybody were, were getting them really cheap and for the next five years or so i just kept on picking them up so so i, I i'm not i'm not a collector as such i just have you know what whatever's what there all right years you see and that's, so, that's um we all right. have different backgrounds in terms of collecting uh continue job Oh, uh, so it says right there in the chat. So let's uh, let's focus more on some of the other games that the chat members right there are suggesting. How about the Mother or Earthbound series? Any one of you guys familiar with that? 
Yeah, yeah, played that a few times. What can you say about, about uh, what's your experience with Earthbound series for them? Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I like its originality. I love its, I love its, its quirkiness uh, and its uniqueness. I think it's, I think it's definitely worthy of um, uh, uh, some of the praise it gets for that. Uh, it, it uh, gameplay wise, I think it's ropey. I have to be honest. I don't. Um, I think it's that it's that type of game that if I play it over a, a week or a, a few weeks, one night I'll put it on. I think, wow, I really enjoyed that. And that next night I'll put it on. I feel, oh god, get <laughs> <laughs> in. There and, are days. Like you know that, what I mean? Yeah. The, the, the big the big bugbear I have with it is its um, is its inventory system. It, it drives me nuts the inventory system on it. Um, so, but I think I think it's um, again. I think it's one of these that's become a, a, a greatest game of all time. When I, I can't say that personally, I think it's I think I think it's a good game, worthy of note. But but it's not it's not a favourite. Um, but it's, well, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it stands out definitely. Well, also another thing that's I didn't have the problem back then, and that I do have now. Um, back then, you know, you play a game, you pick it up. You leave it alone for you leave it alone for two or three days because things pile up uh things pile up because of school because of work and everything and you come back and you still have a good time nowadays if if i play a game and i put it down for a day or two when i come back to it it's like what the hell was i doing <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm 49 years old what can i say that that's that's one of my dilemmas as as an old gamer and yeah. You see, so, what you're doing there is you're bringing me back to Fantasy Star 4 because oh, okay. that, was, that was obviously the first game where where it kept track of what you were doing, and that yes. made such a big difference. You could put it, you know, you put it down. You got the talk feature, where which said, right, what we're doing next, off you go, and that, you know, again over the years, mm -hmm. I, I must have played Fantasy Star 4 and finish it at least once a year, and that's one of the big reasons why because if I start it in February, and I. Put, and I Put it down in march and i don't pick it up till june if you're a few clicks away from remembering what you were doing well let's let's ask sir pao sir pao um what is your uh take on like i mean particularly choose one choose one game that you, that you absolutely loved during the super nest era and tell us what joy you felt going through it or like what sorrow you you felt in <laughs> realizing something about that game tell us a little bit well um i'm i'm not sure which era should i mention will it be the real era of the SNES of the super nintendo or during these emulation days already <laughs> we're in well that's fine that's fine we're in that still games everything are much counts. more accessible everything counts in large amounts okay yes <laughs> but but <laughs> i do what can i say yeah but i do know but i do know that i i enjoyed the mortal kombat the Mortal Kombat game so much from the Super Nintendo, despite oh, wow. the fact that There's no that, blood. that Mortal no Com blood that Mortal Kombat version is bloodless. Yes, so it looks like painless. Mm -hmm. Oh, more sweat. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's more <laughs> sweat than blood. You, what's more gross, sweat or blood? Yeah, that's that's. Yeah. that's I'd that's rather so... go for blood. Sweat, you just yeah. <laughs> continue, sir. Pao, continue. So. So because of because of that because of that love for the Mortal Kombat games, even though I constantly lose, I was able to follow through the entire Mortal Kombat series. Oh. When when the second one came when the second one came in, I was able to play that as well. Then the third. 
until they until they stop at the third for the Super Nintendo because the following releases were on the much advanced consoles starting from PlayStation, Nintendo 64 and onwards. And I even own Mortal Kombat 11 for for the PC in mem- in memory of my love for that game. <laughs> So you can say, I, so you can probably say that because of your background in Mortal Kombat from the Super NES era, you're steeped in the lore. You kind of know who these characters are, what they do, why they do what they do, and things like that. Yes, I I was able to follow each character's storylines, even even though their timeline is already Convoluted. like a multi like a multiverse thingy. They already applied the Marvel multiverse concept in Mortal Kombat one timeline another timeline Raiden Raiden from this timeline Raiden from another timeline it's nah. it it would be confusing if you were not able to follow the storylines nah. Christopher Lambert is still best Raiden if you ask oh yeah Christopher <laughs> Lambert that, is still best. yes for, definitely. for the movie even though even though the, be one. <laughs> even though the 1995 movie does not follow any of the original storylines of still the, the best Video game movie out there. Oh yeah, yes. Really it's, still, it's, still the the it's still the 1995. It's still the 1995 version. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, there was even a callback. I think there was a recent commercial where I think Mortal Kombat 11. I think Sir Pao came yes. out and there was this guy playing and you know he says, "All right, let's play Mortal Kombat 11." And then he gets beaten up by this by the guy playing Raiden and he looks how are you so good at this and he looks to the side and it's Christopher Lambert playing and Christopher <laughs> Lambert says let's just say I have a history with this guy <laughs> and, then you, and then you're gonna hear his husky voice oh yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> all right cool back to you John um, so before we head to um, the second Genesis side of things mm-hmm. so let's ask Sir Dan um, because we've talked about the U.S. side of the console wars between mm. Nintendo and Sega back in the 90s. But it, nothing much has been publicized or or been told in regarding with the European side of things, of the war. Because most of them, because it's between Japan and America during the time. But how about the, um, how about the European side? So let's ask Sir Dan, um, on your earliest memories, Sir Dan, back in your childhood during the 90s, what was the battle lines were like between the Se- uh, between the Sega fans and the Nintendo fans? Well, I mean, the main battle lines were definitely drawn uh, during the 16-bit era of Super Nintendo and the uh, Sega Genesis. Um, I- I'd say the UK uh, again, the the, the, thri- the thriving arcade scene in the UK is what probably made it more of a, a Sega fertile. Um, uh, area uh, certainly again with, with myself but it, 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 we all wanted to play the games in the arcades on the home system uh, and when you had afterburner space harrier hang on all the super scalers and all those type of games uh shinobi come on to the master system it were you know the, the the nintendo entertainment system wasn't really that relevant at the time it, people it was around people had the nest uh, but it, it, in certainly where I grew up, it was small fry compared to the Master System. What sh- what shook it all up was the Super Nintendo landing, because the Super Nintendo landed and it blew everybody's socks off. It really did. Um, I mean, the Sega, the Sega Genesis was was still old on its own, um, but suddenly 
it had some genuine real competition and 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 and, and that and i have to say to, to the two games that, that that really made made the super nintendo's arrival prominent where i lived in the uk in the middle of england was super super mario world obviously because um, it like we said it was so easy to get into and what made super mario world so great is all the all the good looking women who couldn't play or didn't play computer games could suddenly play Super Mario World. So we all got a Super Nintendo to get these girls around and say, you can play this yeah. if you want. <laughs> so that was that was also a big a big boost. Uh, but the other, the other game, which was uh, a real... I mean, looking back now with, with reflection, um, uh, it, it's not really that good a port, but at the time, it were, it were massive. And that was Final Fight. Uh, again, because of that arcade background so final fight was massive in the uk it was a mm-hmm. you know you suddenly got an arcade machine where you were playing as as the big bruisers you know hagar was a big bulking bad boy yeah. and it looked like final a, fight was awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looked like a boss oh yeah you it was muscular freddie mercury what can i say you know. So say again, mate. It was muscle-bound Freddie Mercury. What can I say? I know, I know. It just kind of looked like it. But what can I say? It just uh, dance, dance-related experience kind of just gave me a little bit of a flashback about how things were back in the arcades back then. About how you knew it was, pardon the pardon the expression, a sausage fest. What can I say? It was all guys. It was all dudes. Yeah, you yeah. knew who was where and what. Yeah. And the moment that a girl walked in, you it, it just heads turned. Like, what? What is she yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, over and, yeah, is, over yeah, is, is she is she gonna play? Is she somebody's girlfriend or something? <laughs> it just it, you, 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 you instantly change. Atmosphere was palpable. It would change really. <laughs> I mean, was, was that experience familiar to you, Dan? Was that yeah? Oh, definitely, mate. Definitely. And what's the power saying about Mortal Kombat and those type of games? Mm. It, you, you would you you play with friends, and mm. it 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 became a, a genuine competition to impress these girls. You get these girls around, and um, and. and you know, they'd be playing Super Mario, and then you put Street Fighter Two or Mortal Kombat on. Mm. You weren't you weren't playing just to beat your friend. You were, you were playing to show off. And, you and, were and playing to impress. Yes. You know what I mean? And and uh, if um and and if and, and a lot of the time, and I, one of the things this is this is probably I, I shouldn't say this, but one of the things I used to love when we used to play on the fighting games, and it used to spill over to real life. So you'd you'd, you'd like I say you'd be trying to impress a girl. Mm. And, your, your friend would beat her on Mortal Kombat, so you'd punch him. You'd say, you'd say what you doing? I'm trying to... <laughs> and that, that to me, when you're talking about the beauty of the actual era itself, um, that was the beauty of the era, because it was gaming was as, as much a, a social thing as it was a solitary thing. You know, I'd spend all day on my Genesis with friends playing Streets of Rage and, and, and Mortal Kombat and those types of games. And then at night, I'd, I'd, I'd still... Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd pop whatever on Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy, um, you know what I mean, Fantasy Star t- uh, 2, 4, whatever it were. Um, so it, it, it were, as an overall eclectic, it were a beautiful time for games, really. It's it, it Like you said, it was very social back then and because int- the internet really didn't exist back then. So you really had to interact with the people that you knew had the same console 
as you back then. So you had to seek out your clique. You had to talk, hey, have you played this? Have you tried that? Have you found this secret? Things like that. So that was the atmosphere back then. And, you know, in a way, it still exists now. Thank goodness for the internet somehow. But it's times were much more innocent way back when. All right, we have Seabird back with us. Uh, All right, Seabird, how about you? Uh, Everything all right on your side? I think it's okay now. So all right, cool. I, I really apologize because there there are times here in the Philippines where I'm at that the uh, internet's really bad. It's flat. Yeah, I think I'm good. I think I miss a lot. I, I was uh, mentioning something about the Super NES, but uh, no, scrap no. that. There, there are just a few games I played on the Super NES. So um, I, I did some Super Mario back in the days, but uh, my true love is with Sega. So, well, we might as well get into it then, uh, Seabird. Yes. What's, uh, tell, so, us, tell us about your Sega experiences. There's a lot, because uh, back then, when you say Nintendo, the thing that comes in mind is like kitty games, yeah. Super Mario. So uh, we we had all right. Lots of... The pitch for us. Come on, guys, put, put them all down again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I have to be honest, because uh, Sega really did good with their advertisement that. Uh, uh, Genesis does what Nintendo and so so they're they're mocking uh, uh, Nintendo back in the days and they're really good at it. So we were one of those kids who, who was highly influenced by by those uh, bullying of, of Sega back in the days. So <laughs> so, uh, so I'm not really into that. Propaganda. Sega propaganda. We yeah, ate yeah. it. We but it was highly it. effective propaganda. We call it propaganda. That's why the console <laughs> wars were huge. And I, I, I'm thinking maybe Dan over over in England, the people over there were kind of looking at the at the States and Japan back then and were kind of thinking, what the heck are those are those Yanks doing or something? I like the language, mate. I like it. Yeah, it were it were um we were actually I'll be honest, the UK and myself big time um really loved Japanese culture. Really loved Japanese culture. If if I if I get a poster or or something from our games room um, always the Japanese one, the artwork, without a doubt. Not just the, I think the artwork's better in general, but just the, the Japanese writing is just so cool. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and that whole culture thing. So, but looking at the propaganda side of things, um, it were it was just fun, weren't it? It was just real, real fun on, on both sides. I think, I do think Sega nailed that. I think they were very cheeky. Mm-hmm. And I they were very, during uh, the MTV, uh, the advent of MTV, very counterculture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So more, right. um, more teen, uh, teen-oriented kind of um, kind of uh, marketing because of the idea that the um, the players who played with the original Famicom, with the original NES, they grew up, and to market with these kind of gamers, so we um, we tend to their uh, we go with their demographic. So let's go with edgy, push the envelope push the envelope as far as we could mm-hmm. until the parents got involved, the mm-hmm. Senate got involved, which begs the question to Sir Dan, um, we, we've noticed, uh, especially with the gaming communities, up, up until now, the European side always gets the um, the last the last releases of games. Unless it's an international release, Europe always gets the, um, the last of the, re- of the release dates. 
So yeah, things things get delayed over right. Europe. Yeah. And yeah. Um, as far as so, on your personal side of things, Sir Dan, um, going back, especially during the 16-bit era, where that uh, where Nintendo and Sega would release their games a little bit too, uh, will go to Japan first, and then localize to the U.S. and then going back, to, and then that that's the only time they would go to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, on the U- on the UK side. Do you have any idea why this um, this kind of trend is still happening? Well, why it's still happening now? Mm-hmm. Why is that kind of still happening now? I mean, do you, do you have a special censorship that um, yeah. well, Japan has their own, US have their own. So before you release it here, we uh, we can look at it first before we release. Joe would know about censorship like over that? in Australia. All over in Australia, things are extremely tough over there. If I remember mm-hmm. correctly, like I mean, right. Joe, is that something is it, is it something is it something that kind of thing that's why you got so late releases over there I think, I think it's I think it's just more market based to be honest mate I think it's um I think they, they really just um wait to see what what will sell uh, definitely in the 16 no. 16 bit era we, we we were deprived of, of a lot of RPGs that's true RPGs weren't seen as as uh, viable in the UK you know I mean, we, we, it, there weren't a, um, you know, we, again, we it were all an arcade-based market, so we did get the RPGs, but they were not all of them. Played. I mean, yeah. Japan will get more. Uh, Japan will get all of them, of course, because they are the masters of the of the genre. And then some will be localized to the US, but every once in a while, UK will get the scraps for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just strange. I mean, I think I think obviously see. The, the, the translation's a practical um, obstacle that they have to overcome. And I, I remember, like I was speaking to um, Eric Wahlberg about it, and, and, he, and he were basically saying that um, the effort that had to go in in the 16-bit era to translate some of these games was quite substantial. Um, and that effort, was it worth that effort? You know, um, when they have to pay uh, staff time and, uh, you know... <laughs> They looked at him basically said, Look, if we if you know if we're gonna translate this this massive bulking RPG um in, into uh, uh, English for the UK market, because even though the even if they've done it for the American market, there's still a lot of specialized language that, that they still might have to go back and tweak. Yeah. Um and, and game systems and you know all the all the mechanics and that they might have to tweak. And sometimes I think they just you know if, if it didn't particularly sell well in America, they might think, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna bother releasing it in, in, in the UK then, uh, especially if it needs further additional tweaks. Um, I think it, it, it did. Wahlberg spoke spoke about one game in particular, and it, it was for the Saturn actually. I can't remember Saturn. which one. It was. Yeah, for the Saturn, and mm. I, can't, I can't remember which game it was, but he said that they released it in the UK. Mm. It, said it, had a, it had an American translation that was kind of. 70% done then they did an extra 10% for the UK market and the, the the reviews slated it because they said it made sense for two thirds and then it made no sense whatsoever for the, for the, for the last portion of the game and, and it's that type of thing that he was he the, pro, the pride they didn't want to um, they wanted to avoid that happening with a lot of their games uh, mm. and, that, and, and, and he said that that was one game in particular that, that really cemented his belief in that because you know what's what's the point? You know, people people were loving it, and then they didn't get the money's worth by end on it. So, uh, so yeah, I think I, I think it's just a marketing thing, really, Chief. Is it because during um, during the nineties, 
the video game market in the UK, they tend to underestimate the, the gaming community of the UK compared to the US and uh, compared to Japan and the US. That's why we'll just have to wait, see it, see how it goes yeah. before we release a game. I think there's definitely, like there's, there's definitely an element to that. Definitely, mate. Um, when you look at the the, the one of the systems that I don't know if if you even if you're that aware of it, but we had a, a system called the ZX Spectrum. Uh, um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, over in, in the UK, and that was massive. That was mm-hmm. a really big system, and so a lot of a lot of um, a lot of people still saw that kind of market mm-hmm. um, as as the main market. A lot of a lot of executives and students who weren't actually involved in, in the gaming industry. Um, and looking from the outside in, we're still, we'll, we'll be saying, "Oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get a game you know, out for the ZX Spectrum." And us gamers will be thinking, you know, "It's a dead platform, mate. What are you what are you messing about that?" Um, but 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 that's how it went. I guess so. It's, I guess it's, again, it's that executive level decision making. So, no, I, I just want to add, add as well to what uh, Dan had mentioned a while ago, because um, in the UK, guys, uh, if you look at how the prices are marketed um prices in the uk are more expensive uh in terms of games from genesis uh since they're on pal region there, there are different regions ever since so there's pal for the guys from the uk and tsc for us and chap for japanese so it's actually different here then because uh, i remember i posted one one uh i posted a game in in your in your group sega genesis it's bare knuckle. I mentioned that. Getting the second territory now, guys. All right, go. That's right. I honestly swear I got this for four dollars, and everyone was like, "Think you're full of." Guys, here in the Philippines, then it's you can get this really cheap. Two dollars. This is not anymore. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, uh, but, but if you look at price but during the time during the time uh, when he got it he got it for cheap there you go no 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 i just got this recently online oh really oh, okay. exactly. i remember seeing the post i remember seeing the post yeah yeah mm-hmm. um sorry um i found in marketplace um bare knuckle one bare knuckle two and bare knuckle three and some uh sonic 2 and sonic 3 and the seller is just selling it for under 120 dollars australian dollars so if you're going to divide that that's still a good bargain yeah yeah this is 200 dollars just the card this is a loose card and price charting is valuing this at 200 dollars crazy just imagine and i got it for a couple of (laughs) dollars for four dollars so is it genuine bro is it come genuine. on over here, sell is that it and retire. <laughs> is, is it, is it the real deal? Maybe it's just a clone. Is it a clone? Oh, no, it's not. Okay, it's not a clone. So oh, I have to tag you on that group. It's with uh, Sir Dan's group, Sega, Sega International. So. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, I apologize to Seabird for having uh, having interrupted him earlier. But yeah, Seabird, I, I, I'm curious a little bit more about to find out a little bit more about your Sega Genesis obsession from the earliest days. Yeah, I I actually have uh, some mirror games. So I actually finished uh, Kid Chameleon. Kid so Chameleon. I'm, pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with that game. So it's one Good of game. the hardest game. game. It's one of the most brutal game that's ever created. Because so, uh, most developers back in the days, they're they're 
uh, how do you say this in English? Sadistic. So <laughs> when they're creating their games, so they try to torture the kids who plays their games, and and Kid Chameleon is actually one of them. So if you're gonna be playing Kid Chameleon, if you're familiar with that game in on a Genesis, it's impossible for you to actually play it because it took me a week. So good thing we have this PS3 Sega Genesis port. So it helped me save the game so I could progress. So it's 102 levels. So it's really impossible for I I find it really impossible for for kids to actually finish that game using just the Genesis. Have you have you tried it then? Yes, mate. I think it's I think it's a tough game. It's a, it's, it, it is. is a, it is one that uh, I, I don't think I'll finish it. To be honest, mate. I'm quite. <laughs> I, I, I'm more of a. Um, I'm more of a shoot 'em up man. Um, that's that's my more speciality. I'm a hellfire um, man myself. Uh, yeah. But platformers, I struggle with a little bit, and that's one of them, definitely. So one of those sadistic games um, is uh, RoboCop and Terminator. So oh. this game is really hard. So if the final boss, it takes you around almost an hour to beat. Yeah. So I am not kidding you guys. If you play this game, be ready for the final boss because it's going to take you like an hour. I'm not really sure why developers are doing this. but You know what? Uh, there, was, there was supposed to be a movie about Robocop versus Terminator, but it never really... It, it, it was, it, no studio wanted to do it um well, on paper the... it sounded good but for some reason it just never flew well i did read the graphic novel it was written by frank miller if i remember correctly frank miller, yeah. that was a really good graphic novel i have to admit i mean they could have well, made, they could make it now i mean we have technology could. for it well there's a big chance they played the game so they scrapped the movie <laughs> <laughs> the game's uh if the game doesn't look good what if the what if you make the movie right that's right. So I, I'm proud to actually own one of the rarest game on the Genesis. So it's McDonald's. McDonald's, <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's so, Treasure Land Adventure. All right. Yeah. McDonald's. It's 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 a short game actually, but it's for me personally. I'm not sure with that, but I find this pretty rare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have it complete in box. So is it good? Still, it it's a good game. Wow. So All it's right. a platformer. It plays like it plays like uh, Sega, mm -hmm. and uh, graphics is colorful. It, it's good, but the story is short. So it, it's a short game. It's really expensive. So, but it's one very rare to have. Right. So I'm 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 glad to have this. So. One of the sadistic games I played, aside from Kid Coming In, uh, yeah, is Taz. Taz Escape, Escape from Mars. So that that's that's one of them that I I've thrown out of mine <laughs> many a time, many a time. That's one of them. Oh, one of Crazy. Them. Yeah. So, yes. There's yes. actually a lot of them. So Lion King, there's Lion Captain King. America, and Jurassic oh, Park. Actually, there's one game Ooh. that I'm really having a hard time playing. It's it's from my Sega Sega CDs. It's Batman. So. Oh, the Tim Burton Batman. Oh fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's Sega CD. So it's hard. So I'm still playing it. I'm I'm it's having hard. It's hard because again, because the controls are shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As with it a is. lot of Batman games in the past, the yeah. controls are 
well, terrible. Uh, just, just, just to be straight up, you know, a lot of Batman games in the past had terrible controls. About the only exceptions were the were the were the NES one. Was the NES one the Jap uh, the Japanese Famicom one? But there yeah, uh, and it's yeah. really hard to play it with this one. Mm, okay, so it, it's what hard. Showing it, there it, is his CDX Sega CDX. Sega CDX, Sega CDX, yes, CDX. that's right. That can so, play Mega uh, Genesis games and CD, uh, Sega CD games, except for the 32X, unfortunately. Would have been um, all in one. Nice, yeah. nice beautiful. Siebert is showing off his customized uh, Sega white. Sega Mega Drive 2 with From his white. CD ROM, all that in is, white, gold, and red. That is absolute. That paint job is fantastic. Did you post it that? Um, in the on the Facebook group, I did, I did. You know what how much I, I got this then? I got this for like um, in dollars, just around uh, eight dollars. Oh, you joking? Um, That's no, a bargain, mate. Seriously, I got this for eight dollars, but it had it, it was uh, it's it's flooded, so there are rust all over it. So I I, I know some restoring. A little bit of restoring, so I was able to, yeah, make it into something priceless. That, that so, is beautiful, my yeah. oh, <laughs> The good thing about it, it, it had power. So we, we, we kept saying, Sir Dan, that um, if Siebert didn't mention that he restored it, you would be fooled that Sega released an actual yeah. white Sega Genesis. Oh, right? thank you, guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's a fantastic. It's a fantastic job. I think. Uh, I think I've asked you to repost it a few times, haven't I? Because uh, I, <laughs> I was really impressed when I saw it. I thought, yeah, um, and a, a lot of people ask similar kind of things. Where do you get that? And I'm like, sorry, boys, custom <laughs> jobs, museum. Yeah, they can actually um, message me. I can make one for them. It's just the shipping that's that's very costly. You can make for sure, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> And my favorite handheld, it's the the Game Gear. So it's one of my favorite. So I've played a lot of games from the Game Gear. Um, Sonic, Sonic 2 is one of the hardest games on the Game Gear. And I finished that. So I have games from Japanese. Because uh, I, I understand Japanese, as uh, Sir Dan mentioned, that it's they, they're more attracted to Japanese games. So and I believe it's there, it's more expensive there than right Japanese yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually uh, the opposite here. You're right. So yeah. we're into U.S. games, so that that's more expensive from where we're at. So yeah. U.S. and U.K. games, so some U.K. games. So it's actually different here. So we we uh, Japanese games, cards, Famicom, Sega. It's just you you can see it all over marketplace. So, this one, they can't believe it's Bare Knuckle 3. I got it for $4. No one believed me in Sega Group. So, <laughs> it's around $200. But anyway, I, I have a few uh, box collection mapping. And Familiar with this? Sailor Moon, Dan? And Sailor Moon. Yeah, Sailor Moon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you and the message are going to get along. Sailor Moon and one. Seven Balls. Right. Seabird, you and the missus are going to get along famously with that one because she is the ultimate Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon fanatic. Uh, she devours oh, anything uh, Sailor Moon. On our next podcast, I'm, I'm making a, a Sailor Moon. Nice, I'll, I'll very cool. That to you guys. So I have an extra uh, 
game gear lying around, so might as well pimp it into a Sailor Moon. <laughs> all right so you better be prepared for me to bid on it because of the fact that the missus sees it she's gonna want it all right seabird okay, get ready for that one <laughs> uh and let me just have a very still let's just do a little very quick shout out to the people in the chats right now we let we'd like to say thank you for being there uh miss heather maxwell and uh to mr marlon hurtado and escupides mr juan de marcos jdm Juan de Marcos of 123Go, uh, also 123Go with three O's right there on Twitch.tv. And of course, let's not forget Mr. RJ Hutchin. And let's see who else is Sir Carlo is there you. joining us in the chat. Oh, let's not forget Derek Bonai. Very good, Derek. It's nice to see you here as well. So Mr. Clark Plambiana as well, very much. And Mel Joel near with Stanley also, uh, if I remember correctly, he is uh, his appellation is Mr. Mel Bryan. All right, back to you, Joe. Um, how about Sir Powell? Um, going to Sir Powell, mm -hmm. what's your um, what's your gaming experience relating the Sega Genesis side of things? Actually, before Sir Powell starts speaking, uh, sure. Dan and I were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier. The fact that there have been, uh, as Siebert showed it a little bit earlier, Sega Genesis compilations um, for the past platforms. PlayStation 2, Xbox 360, PlayStation Portable, and now, if I remember correctly, on this on Steam platform. So, Sir Pao, I highly recommend if you are interested at all in catching up to your Sega Genesis backlog or the games that yeah. you've never played before, pick up one of the Sega Genesis compilations that are available. Highly recommended. Also on Steam, if I remember correctly, um, the Nintendo Switch also had one, right, Dan? Ah. Yeah, 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 it's got one, and you could also get. I think there's quite. I think there's quite a few on the um, switch that you that are not on those comp uh, compilations. If I'm correct. Mm. Um, so um, yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go back to Sir Powell. Sir Powell, I uh, you did mention that your main background was in Super NES, but yes. what are the few Sega Genesis or Mega Drive experiences that you've had, if you have any? Well, I. The actual Genesis, I was only able to play it once, and the game that I was able to play with it was Sega's mascot, Sonic. Mm. Just, nice. just, that, just one that's Sonic game, and that's <laughs> it. The next time I was able to play any Genesis game was already in the emulation era, so I would love to try those offers that you have shown to me mm. regarding those Ge Sega Genesis compilations, where if ever they're available on Switch or any other system. So it was, so the Genesis memories for me is more on the emulation, emulation days already since, like I mentioned, I only, I was only to able to, I was only able to touch an, a real, a genuine Sega Genesis once in my life. Like, when I, I think I was nine or ten. So, fast forward to that, fast forward to that time, I was, I was amazed on some titles from the, some titles from the Genesis also being available on the Nintendo. Mm. Seeing their differences, some are superior, some are not. Then, at at the time I at that time I was I was somewhat hooked to the super, to the much superior versions. I tried it for I tried it for quite some time, and then that that's that's pretty much it. For more 
more of the no- more of the knowledge I know regarding the differences of the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis were well thanks to YouTube thanks to some review videos that I that I love to watch during my free time actually that's a really good suggestion sir pao that might be a good topic for a future episode sir uh Joe. um certain games that have the same the exact same games in the in the in different platforms like sega genesis or super nes like aladdin you know they're very different um uh, both on sega genesis and on super nes shadow run shadow run also yeah and um Super NES and Genesis versions were, which were vastly different from each other. Yeah. Alien Three and, and ones like that, yeah, yeah. There you go. Also, maybe the uh, the Uncharted series by Koei, um, or the Romance of the Three Kingdoms series. They're, they uh, they have their differences in both platforms. It's a suggestion, Joe. Something that we can tackle sometime in the future. I would, but yeah, sir. Thanks to Sir Pao for the idea. Yeah. I would love to go back to one one topic that you discussed earlier because I I completely agree to what Sir Dan mentioned that it was because of marketing reasons that versions of US, Japan, and Europe have 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 such differences. We can. I was I was actually thinking. I was actually thinking earlier of the favorite game, the con- the con- the Super Contra for, or should I say, the Contra Three for the Super Nintendo. If I am right, sir, then it was called Super Probotector in Europe. Perfect example, mate. Yes, yeah. Uh, not only was it called what? Super, yeah, Super Super Probotector, but because they were afraid of. Um, uh, uh, violence and such like. Like I say, I like it because it's a violent game. And when I first got it, I actually had a Super Famicom, not a Super NES. I had the Japanese version. I see. Um, but uh, but on the, uh, the UK release, they changed the humans to robots mm-hmm. to try and uh, 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 you know, make it more child friendly. So you're not killing human beings, or you're not getting killed as a human being. You're killing a robot, so it, technically it's not meant to be as violent. Like, I, I don't get that, but that's what they were thinking. And that's is, it, is it because of history? I think, um, Sir Joel, if um, if I'm correct, is it because of the Iran contrast? Because uh, during uh, during the um, during the 80s, there was a war back in the back in the Middle East where uh, where the U.S. were for some reason supporting the the Iran contrast, and just mm. because it's contra. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. sure. It, sure. It, it, it insinuates the that the panel for history games, lessons. Uh, Why don't yeah, you? Using <laughs> in the narrative of um, you know. The, uh, yeah, I think it might have been. It might have something to do with that. I'm not quite sure. I'll have to do my research on that as well. But I would not be surprised actually, because the Iran Contra incident was kind of big news back then, nice. way back in <clears throat> way back in the 80s, going into the 90s, and it's. Um, uh, I, I would not be surprised if it had some impact in the decision on naming it. Uh, yeah, because I'm not uh, sure if if, if the war came first or the game mm. was released first. Yeah, the Iran Contra incident happened in the late '80s and during the Reagan Reagan era, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the Contra series started happening uh, for this. For Reagan the, or Bush? Yeah, for the Sega Genesis, roughly around this the same time. So I would not be surprised if it had a little bit of impact. In uh, in the naming of it, instead of Contra into Probotector, which is and still not, if, if if it's aimed at kids, it's still bigly bigly 
uh, lewd. But if you know, if you ask me, but you know, I could be wrong on that one. Pro robot protector. Pro robot protector. Pro robot protector. Thanks, Ricardo. It's not just the uh, name of the game itself, but even the main characters. Imagine replacing Bill Riser and Lance Bean as robots. Can we have a can we have a, um, a video game footage of that just to see the difference? Uh, survey um, survey is doing um, during our uh, during the, uh, is doing our moderating at the moment. Mm. Um, yes, sir. Uh, sir Pao, you were saying. Uh, I mean, it would make sense. Uh, why would why would humans have thirty lives, right? So they would be robots. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. Hey, why have three lives? Uh, three lives. Yeah, is, three uh, lives. It's, it's not questionable, but thirty is all right. <laughs> Should have made him cats and give him nine lives. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yes, sir Pao. Uh, continue. Uh, continue with your um, what you were saying, sir Pao. Well, that that was just that was just it. I was just uh, was just able to speak out regarding that earlier topic that I wasn't able to share then, as as I mentioned earlier, the memories of more of a censorship. Memories of, more of a memories censorship. Of, yeah, more of censorship maybe, and then the memories of my Genesis games. Then that that's it. It's more on the emulation times. Mm. Well, that, that not to say that emulate, emulated experiences are any any less valid. I mean, we're all still having fun. We're all still enjoying what we what we've got, and um, the experiences are what matters. So that's my personal take on it. I you know, it's it's something that Serpao is going to be experiencing going forward with our recommendations, right? Then with the Sonic Genesis uh, Ultimate Collection and Super yeah, yeah. as well. I mean, so yeah. As I ended, just mentioned that I just mentioned Golden Axe in the messages. Oh, Golden Axe! Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and it's yeah. it's this series like what we're talking about the uh, the us getting the imports. We we obviously without emulation, mm. um, I wouldn't have played Golden Axe three. Oh yeah, years. three. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, there we are. Is that is that two? I can't see, mate. Two, yeah. yeah uh, Matt Golden says Golden Axe classic. Yes. Mm-hmm. So wow. it's it's. Um, you know, they're all all of them are on that uh, compilation um, uh, CD that you mentioned, Chief. And uh, it's, uh, it's 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 just crazy when you think we didn't get some of these games in the UK. You know, how, how can you how can you not have Golden Axe Three released mm-hmm. in the UK? It's it's, it's not possible. We didn't get Golden Axe. Not uh, three. We got three. Golden Axe. Got one and two, but we didn't get Golden Axe Three. Mm-hmm. Any particular reason why? I. Probably for sales because a lot of people actually look down on Golden Axe Three as the the redheaded stepchild of the series. Shall we say? Oh, yeah. right? um, actually, Golden Axe Three was just released in Japan. So oh, was it? Okay. There, okay. There, there, there was no US or UK counterpart. Yes, mm, that's, okay. that's why uh, out of the three series, Golden Axe Three is the most the most expensive. I found it I found it amazing that we didn't get that because Golden Axe was a big hit over here, a massive. Mm. Hit. Um, so there weren't, there weren't, there weren't. I could understand it with certain games, you know, like like some of the more obscure RPGs. I could understand the marketing thinking, oh, that might be a risk. Mm. Golden Axe Three, it's a. It's you don't a, need any translation for that. It just beat the beat the guys comes at you. That's it. Some exactly. panther comes up and slices you in two. You know that, that's <laughs> exactly. That's, exactly. Right just beat him up. That's it. I mean, mm-hmm. do you need any story for that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Miss Heather Maxwell is bringing up one of my favorite uh, Sega Shinobi. Genesis. 
uh, games, the Shinobi series. That's got to be Shinobi. I, I think it's the most underrated series ever. Mm, agree. How many, you know, Shinobi in the arcade, which is mm. considerably different, if not based on the same for the Master System. Yes. Revenge of Shinobi, which is my, one of my favourite games of all time. Shinobi 3, Game Gear Shinobi, Shadow mm. Dancer. There's not a bad game there. They're all no, amazing. No, not a single one. They're all amazing. They're all excellent. I have to agree They're with that hard. one. <laughs> I, I also credit Shinobi with my ha uh, with having introduced me to the Sega Mega Drive Genesis. Uh, like I said, during the time when I was shopping around for something to play after the Japanese uh, Famicom NES, I walked into a store, saw what everybody was playing, which is the Super Nintendo Super Famicom, and I saw the Sega Genesis Mega Drive uh, being shown uh, on on the side with Revenge of Shinobi uh, as a showcase, and I was thinking. My goodness, this is cool. This is nice. amazing. Uh, the Revenge of Shinobi looks awesome. And I pulled all of my money that I saved throughout and I bought the Sega Genesis Mega Drive just on the strength of Revenge of Shinobi. Mate, I, I can, I, that That's intro, right. that intro, so that is one of my favorite Genesis I memories where yes. I, I did exactly the same. I, I got the, I, I would get in, I, I'd ordered the uh, Mega Drive anyway, um, but. It will literally plug it in, uh, watch that intro where he jumps down with the lightning and that, and oh, I was yeah. like, what have I just witnessed? This has just totally blown me away completely. It, it was a quantum leap from from the 8-bit uh, NES era. When you saw that intro with the lightning and the shuriken being thrown at you and him deflecting it with his sword, ah, oh, you can yeah. say, this is the next generation already. That's it, that's it, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at today's consoles and there's not that leap. There's not, there's, you know, it, I'm not saying they're not good at what they do, mm. but that was a moment, that was definitely a moment in my gaming life, watching that intro of Revenge of Shinobi for the first time. Yes. Like, you, you nailed it, mate, when you just said that was welcome to this generation. And, and that, and it, because it was, the it, it also coincided with the turn of the 90s, that were like, welcome to the 90s, well, welcome to, to this era. Yes. Although we, uh, we have a little message from Mr. Derek Bonnet in the, in the uh, chats that will have the pitchforks uh, being risen up again. That is, you know, Mr. Derek Pona, you've touched off a war again. <laughs> All right, back to you, Joe. Continue. Um, in regarding with the Sega Genesis stuff, um, so as I mentioned before, so then we're just renting those out. And uh, with the Sega, um so there was this time when my aunt um as a birthday gift to, uh, to us so we went to um we went to um uh, to evergotesco um um to this uh, to this mall and uh, she, uh, she gave us an opportunity to choose either the nintendo uh, super nintendo or the sega jet uh, or the sega mega drive right and one of the one of the games that were on display was Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, Ghost Fighter, uh, for all of you guys, uh, back in the 90s. And just because of that game alone, we chose the Sega Mega, the Mega Drive instead. And so we, uh, so that was the first game that we owned for the Sega Mega Drive. Played it lots, loved it. 
and uh, at the time when we were still renting it uh, when we were renting out uh, the Genesis and Mega Drive um, one of the games that came out of it of course Altered Beast how can you not play that <laughs> uh, Altered Beast um, Golden Axe 1, 2 uh, the first two of course uh, love those games I always choose the girl <laughs> I always choose the girl to play with um, I just like her magic more uh, she, uh, she's the fire elemental right uh, yeah yeah you got the dragon um, she has the dragon badass yeah and um, Spirits of Rage Bare Knuckle 1, 2 and 3 of course I will always choose Blaze <laughs> I'm seeing a pattern always... here mate I'm seeing a pattern <laughs> and, uh, I just like doing the high kicks for some reason <laughs> That's the high kicks. Just push A and then uh, just push and uh, push and charge for A and then release and she'll do a high kick. Just for no I reason. think I know that I I think I know that certain reason. <laughs> only in Japan, guys. Only in Japan. <laughs> only in the bare knuckle, uh, not, not in the Cito Bridge. I think they got rid of the I think they got rid of that. <laughs> um uh what else? Um oh uh, for all of you guys who are not aware, panty lines, okay? <laughs> uh, what else about Sega Genesis? Um, shit, there are a lot. Um, contra, uh, um, super. Con what is this? Contra three or four? Hard corps. Contra hard. Hard corps. Yeah, there you go. Um, love the game as well. Um, I will. I will always die during the first boss. You know the one with the with the, with the big eye. Go we'll always no, that, like this. Those are one of the most brutal games that you could play on the Genesis Contra. I always die at that state, at the particular boss, and if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky, then I'll proceed with uh, I'll proceed with the next stage. And and oh, Sir Dan, so we are paying this. Uh, we are paying for the hour. So uh, so let's let's just for example, 20, uh, 20 Philippine peso will uh, will grant you like an hour of gameplay. Right. And then, and then there's a timer, of course. And then once your time's up, then the next, the next one will, uh, the next player will come in. You know. And do you have, do you have something like that then? Mm -hmm. uh, back in the days. Uh, I doubt it. Rentals. <laughs> yeah, rentals. I'm not sure it was a big thing. Was anything? Uh, was a re was something that happened back in back in the UK? Was it something? It, it, it happened, but it, it coming quite late. It probably I I can't remember. I can't remember rentals being popular until the mid 90s really 1994 at the earliest mm. maybe not it's, it's video game prostitution basically <laughs> you're, you're, you're you're paying you're, you're paying right. genesis you're paying, just you're, you're paying you're paying genesis okay. for an hour of yeah bliss, of bliss. <laughs> yes. so Nintendo, you're paying uh, you're paying just for an hour due to due to just turn of phrase this show has now just turned pg okay <laughs> <laughs> but no. uh, honestly joe is correct on that one uh microtransactions is just the modern word for what we used to do way back when like only the philippines for into the arcade paying for one hour's worth of 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 rental time for your favorite console that's something that that normally happened in the philippines and especially for me who haven't owned any of them there you if go you don't, that, if like, you don't have any of them sir dan that's the yeah. next best thing mm -hmm. so it is it, 
lack for the lack of a better word, it is video game console prostitution. <laughs> 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 for the lack of a better word, I'm sorry, guys. For the lack um, of a better word. Yes. What, what else? What, what else was there for the Sega Genesis? I mean, there are a lo- there were lots of games that were released for the Sega Genesis at, uh, and for the Mega Drive, but um, but. Back then in the Philippines, you only, you would only get what's the mainstream of things, what's the most what's the most popular. Um, so uh, back in the day, um, these owners will just get uh, what's what's trending, uh, yeah. what what games were actually more popular, and then we'll sense. buy those games, we'll import money. those games, and then we'll we'll let the players here decide whether to play mm-hmm. or not. So out of the obscure ones that you guys know. Most likely, we don't. Uh, we haven't heard of it mm-hmm. until lately. That, that's now true. That we have uh, now that we have the emulation technology. It's a lot more accessible yes. to those obscure titles that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Fantasy but, but, Star being one of those things. Fantasy Star One came out for the Mega uh, for the Master System at first. The Master System was not a big thing back in the Philippines. It's just the Famicom. Super Fam, yeah. It's the, it's a Famicom, the NES guys. So. Um, if you're in, and and even even you and, and even if you got a Famicom, you're not going to play Final Fantasy in Japanese because you're gonna read all of those Japanese texts. So RPGs for, in the Philippines are not really that um, it's not um, it's not really that popular unless of course you're just gonna breeze all through that and just go to it, go with the gameplay and and just you know um, hopefully you'll be able to finish it without understanding any of the story. <laughs> with Fantasy Star two, three, and four, uh, two, three, and four, at least on um, on the Genesis and the Mega Drive side, that's their answer with the fi- uh, with, with Final Fantasy. So that that's their mainstay uh, JRPG. Yes. And then you got the Shining series, of course. Yes. Shining. Of course. Shining series is their uh, is their answer to the action adventure RPG. Now, yes. more like, like the tactical strategy ones, right? Uh, like uh, they their answer to. Tactics Ogre, uh, Tactics Ogre. yeah, because of the fact that uh, the Shining series, uh, the sh- um, were tactical strat games, uh, like you know, like the first air fire and everything like that. Notable exception would be Shining in the Darkness, if and, I remember correctly. Shining in the Darkness yeah. being um, uh, RPG first person dungeon crawl, uh, much in the same vein as if anybody's familiar with the Eye of the Beholder series on PC. It's a lot like that. You basically first person. You move through the dungeon, moving left and right, opening treasure chests, things like that. So, but then again, yes, the the Shining series were more of the tactical strat games, which I have to admit I'm terrible. I, I'm, I'm, what else? I'm always got, starting that myself. Um, I also played Terminator, um, Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. I only got to the first stage because it was. Was dead. that the shooter one? Uh, yeah, the, the shooter, the, the shooter one. Oh, that was uh, great. Uh, arcade, so. Guys, uh, with the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo games, it's either the game is hard or you just suck. <laughs> I, I think it's the latter for me. I just suck. And you know, there's people like me who are both. You know, the game <laughs> is hard and I suck. You know, I, we just suck at it. No. So for the first Terminator, uh, the Terminator shooting up game, I only got through the first, uh, the first stage, rage quit, and then stopped, uh, stopped at it, and then. Uh, the first two X-Men games uh, that came out for the uh, for the Genesis, um, the one Wars, with um, the one with you, your uh, the one with the uh, 
which one has the sentinel uh, master master mold uh, is it the first one uh I, i believe it's the clone war the clone one uh, is that the one with gambit um yeah i believe so, so. There, um uh, yeah I'm, i'm not the I, way I, the way the way i uh, differentiate the two is the one with gambit and the other one with nightcrawler mm. if that makes sense the, the, so you know i'm getting those with the cards that oh, not really cards but uh, you, you, you're about the arcade, arcade revenge you're about the arcade, there you go. Arcade yeah, 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 there you go. yeah yeah there you go that is a tough yeah. game i love that game but a lot of people hate it because it is, it is um, brutal it's one of those that you have to do the work as a kid um yeah uh, to learn the level layouts because it was it's so um you have to take a lot of leaps of faith and and how just, would you know to select the stage i mean you're you're, you're in the danger room and then there's these panels here and mm. no one knows what's that supposed to be unless you're supposed to go to that to that particular panel then press select press the select button and then you're you'll able to um uh to go to the stage and if I, if i remember correctly it's just those panels i mean it doesn't really explain which yeah. panel goes where yeah. right yeah. i'm like if you're gonna play for the first time and like okay what what do i do here yeah i mean <laughs> developers back in nothing in the 90s had a very as siebert said had a very sadistic streak to them yeah. it, it would they it would be more you know screw you figure it out you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right i mean to, to to be fair um so i don't know if you know ever heard of him but um uh, uh he's a very in the uk very famous games journalist called julian rignall his name is jazz rignall he, he helped start out ign when when that oh. got going yeah mm. uh, and he and his his background was reviewing games uh amiga all that and then he moved on to uh, to the consoles and genesis master system etc um and uh, he, he actually interviewed sega and he spoke to sega and they uh, the mate they actually had a few people who, who made a considered effort to to balance the difficulty better mm-hmm. um, for the home ports of the arcade machines because like you say they were very sadistic and a lot especially on the ar- the, the arcade principle was first level easy enough so you could get into it second yes. level test them a bit third level take the money no. <laughs> take the money take the money, take the money. And uh, all, if you know, if you notice, there's a lot of Sega, and this is one of the big reasons I, I love what they've done with Sega Genesis is, is a lot of those home ports get that uh, re- that difficulty rebalanced. Mm. So, so um, it, it's not quite as brutal. It's still brutal, but, but not as bad. But they also added all the extra, so like extra um, additions to games like Golden Axe. You got extra levels. Mm, Ga- yeah. Gauntlet. You got a quest mm. mode as well as the original arcade mode. Um, Mercs, you got another mode. So that I, I, I think that's re- that showed to me uh, that team that worked for Sega at that time really, really were were putting an effort in to try and be the best. And that competition with Nintendo mm-hmm. really fueled that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, that, I, that's why we got so much so good games, really. And uh, just to add on that, if you look at the games that was made back in the day, so there are. Uh, there's a thing about uh, console war uh, with regards to having the same game on two different ports. So there's Aladdin on on the Genesis and there's Aladdin on on the on the Super Nintendo. Because some of the games that was released back in the days, they're they're not typically the same. 
So some people they they have the uh, Super NES version and they're thinking that no, I don't need to get an Aladdin on the Genesis because it's basically the same, but it's not. Mm. So the same goes with the Genesis uh, having a port on the Game Gear. So they are two different. Uh, they have the same title, but the gameplay is different. Yeah. So yeah, guys, if, if you have a Game Gear, thing. if you have a Game Gear title on on the Genesis, <clears throat> they, they, they're they're different. Mm-hmm. So, so um, you, you might as well uh, give it a shot uh, on playing both games, not just yeah. on Super NES, on the Game Gear, on the Genesis. Because uh, highly recommend they, that you they, all they, could do that. Like, like Siebert says, get Shadowrun both on SNES yeah. and Genesis. Both are excellent games on their own right. Both have great gameplay, great uh, storylines, completely different animals. Both yeah. differ from each other. And, I just wanted to because Sir Pal mentioned something about a while ago when he was uh, uh, he mentioned something about that he just played on emulation mm. and all that because mm-hmm. uh, it, it actually depends on if because w- we grew up with with, with this genre so yes. um, I believe Sir Pao is uh, yeah, grew up playing PlayStation and all that but uh, as kids we, we we grew up with Super Family Gong um, Sega Genesis so. Um, it's actually one of the reasons why, because uh, kids nowadays they, they wouldn't understand the passion that we cool. had, mm-hmm. uh, the difficulty, the passion that we had, uh, the, the reminiscing. It's very nostalgic for us to actually go back and play these games, because uh, games nowadays are are very much realistic. So if you have a kid who's playing uh, Fortnite. Uh, and and you introduce them with games that we grew up. I I'm, I doubt if if they'd appreciate it. So there are some, but um, there are some. Yeah. I think I think that's yeah, that's but, a, but, that's a key thing. I I uh, I've not got kids myself, but a lot of my friends have got kids, mm. and I I've um, got though I've, I've either you know acquired or built or whatever um, emulation systems from basically just cheap PCs, really cheap PCs. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting to see what games they like because mm. like like you've hit uh, uh, now and then a lot of them they haven't got the patience for um i like questions what right. do they gravitate towards you've had experience observing kids checking out emu- um emulation and classic systems let me ask you what do kids nowadays gravitate towards in terms of retro systems if you've seen them yeah i mean i mean i still think i still think there's similar trends there I think what we touched on earlier, easier games to get into. So Super Mario, they all love Super Mario World. Yeah, I mean, they all, they all, all my kids, my mates, kids that uh, I've sorted them out love that. But they all love beat'em ups, and they all love Streets of Rage. And um, one of the guys that you messaged earlier, uh, Punisher, they all love Punisher. And I, and I, I, I think it's, I think it's just the simple. I don't need to. I don't. You know, so many games now. You need to spend two hours learning the systems before you learn the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the simple. I pick something up. I'm shooting something, or I pick something up and I'm hitting somebody. And it's that easiness of accessibility that they seem to. They, they, they still like all the, you know, all the Xbox and the PS5 games, but they're less prepared. Seem less prepared to give old games time. We have to read manuals, and 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 one of my favourite games on the Sega Genesis is um, the the Immortal. Um, oh, the immortal! Yeah, that's a good it. Took, it took me a year to learn it. Do you know what I mean? It took me a year to get off the first level. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just so brutal. Seriously, 
the yeah, eight mate, minutes for a second did I, not I finished, help it, at all. I finished it for the first time two years ago. 28, 28 years after the first time I played it, you know what I mean? And and I and I was determined not to use the guide. I'd like not use the guide for fifteen mm. years. I'm like, I'm not gonna use the guide. I'm gonna do it myself. And it is, you know, not doing it without a guide, it would just it's oh, flipping out. So okay. kids aren't you know, uh, that's an interesting challenge sure Pao, i'd like you to i'd like to watch you stream the immortal for sega genesis i'd like <laughs> to see <laughs> i'd like to see you do one of your streams on actually that's a really good idea sir Pao. you know let's dedicate your i love the game again sega genesis game the immortal. games in your streams just imagine sir dan finishing the first level for one year oh so yeah if you're gonna, <laughs> yeah, good, good luck with your stream <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'm gonna try. Why not? <laughs> yeah. But then again, yeah, that's that's a really good and that's really good insight, actually, Dan. The fact that kids will still gravitate to simple but fun gameplay. Yeah, it doesn't matter what system it is. It doesn't matter what era, as long as it captures their interest visually and um, mechanically, shall we say. <laughs> It uh, will keep their interest and it will keep them going. So with things like uh, the Punisher series, uh, Super Mario, maybe Battle Toads. Let's see if, if the kids are gonna go into Battle Toads. <laughs> that, that I agree, Sir Joel, and mm, my yeah. five-year-old nephew is the living proof of that. Well, there you go. Uh, what is he playing right now? Well, he wants to try my. He's, he saw me playing Super Mario Three last night, and he wants to try it. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Brilliant. Very cool. Nice. Don't nice. don't let them play battle toast. I'm pretty sure they're gonna hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really hey, difficult. If we game. suffered through this, they suffered through they it. They suffered through it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's actually one of the reasons why so the the Mario games are kids' games. So yeah. that's what I meant when when I said that a while yeah. ago. Yes, that go, go, when you go. say Super Nintendo, that that that's one of the things that comes and in, pops into mind. Uh, Mario. Mm, so. So, golden, yeah. golden Axe is is, uh, is is one of the one. When I do a kids system yeah. for a friend, that's one I always like to show up on there because that again is a really easy game. Um, you know, it's easy to get into. Um, it for, for people who like playing as women with nice books and bums and whatnot. That it's got all it's got all that on it. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's when I, when I do the kids systems, I do I, I bear that in mind. I do put a, a few tough ones on there to give them a taste of it. But I don't. Mm. I don't. Um, well, I mean, I put them on there, but I kind of make sure that they know all about the, um, you know, the easier ones, and 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 they're the ones that are that I'm thinking on the street, the streets of rage, the, the golden axes. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's. Uh, he, he, to be fair, even ghouls and ghosts, the super ghouls and ghosts, and the ghouls and ghosts series. That's the tough to complete, <laughs> but they're easy difficult. to get into. Yes. Oh, and for Golden Axe, you know, put two kids together, two different controllers, and show them the fact that they can beat each other up. You know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's also some. That's also kind of an experience. Hey, I can beat up my partner. Very cool. No, <laughs> Ted. Um, they they might see it as a cute game, but I doubt if they're gonna appreciate it. Like, <laughs> All right, All right so we still got a few more. Um, I think we still got a few more minutes before we end the show. Um, oh, guys, uh, how weird was it to play Street Fighter 2 on a Sega Genesis controller with only three buttons? 
Yeah. I didn't even try. I mean, without without using the six uh, the six button ones. The six button. You're only gonna use the um, the original three button layout ones. How weird was was it about Street Fighter? I It's hard. I got really hard. Well, I I I I got the Sega the Super Nintendo version first, um, and I actually really just dis- I thought the, I thought the the version was fantastic, but I was really disappointed how badly the shoulder buttons. It, it just you were essentially playing with four buttons. Mm. No, no one really used them shoulder buttons much. You couldn't. Yeah, they would just start to pull a special move off with them. It it would just start. Um, so I I I actually waited until the the six button one were released. Cause I want like that made my mind. I thought if I want it, I want it properly. And there were rumors of it coming out and whatnot. Um, and it's to me, it's the best way to play it. Like playing with a three button is just no, no, no. The way you play Street Fighter on, on a Genesis is that when you press the start button, it 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 changes, it, it changes from kick to punch. Yeah, but so, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> so you, you really have to be fast. So if you're doing the Duke and all that, and uh, you have to switch and do the hurricane kick, the hurricane kick, yes. So it, it was fun. I have to be honest. So, so it, it, it's fun in a way that uh, you you tend to be busy with the controller. So, and uh, that's a good thing about Genesis because it's really tough. It's not like the controllers nowadays that uh, the more you use it, it uh, like the PlayStation or the PS3 controllers. The Genesis, even if you uh, if you use it uh, almost every time, it, it's a tough uh, controller. So if you're playing um, fighting games on a PlayStation 3 or PlayStation PlayStation 4, they tend to worn out, wore out. So, but but on a Genesis, I will ask one more question to Sir Dan. Oh, uh, guys, there in the chat, if you got some questions, we'll be able to accommodate at least one or two. Especially if you guys have a questions uh, specifically to Sir Dan, uh, we'll be we'll be able to accommodate those. Um, Sir Dan, so during the 16-bit uh, console wars. Um, what was the uh, what was the common medium on how games are being advertised? Uh, do you, uh, especially in the UK, do you got uh, magazines or uh, because uh, no, there's no internet back back in the day, so yeah, yeah. all we have is just uh, TV advertisements and magazines. Uh, does the UK had their own? Yeah, yeah, we we had the, the the big magazine that I was into and that most of the UK were into was Me Machines, um, and the guy I spoke about earlier, Julian Rignall. He was the uh, editor for him. Uh, uh, CMVG, uh, Computer and Video Games. They were Computer and Video Games, yes. Yeah, uh, they, and they were quite. They, they were they were massive, basically. Uh, and they all every so many pages, you got all your adverts. Mm. Um, the, the 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 TV ad side of things didn't really um, gain major momentum until about ninety one ninety two. Uh, but we also had a, a show, Games Master. Games yeah. Master, I've heard yeah. of that. I, I still yeah. have to see a few episodes of it, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was based. We had that. We had another one called Bad Attitude, but that was really crap. That was really crap. And that was, <laughs> okay. Most gamers just took the piss out of it. Most gamers mm. that. But um, but there, yeah, uh, we we got we got advertised mainly magazines, and then and then it and then it took off and took off after that. 
it's it's like yeah and back in back in the u.s if i remember i've seen a few episodes i, I didn't i didn't grow up here actually i grew up in the philippines but i immigrated here uh coming over here i saw some television stations particularly g4 tv if i remember correctly G4. showing a few episodes of the classic show starcade where they would show competitions of arcade machines and everything so i saw a lot of sega games there as well and um the computer chronicles by Stuart Chaffee, if i remember correctly those had a few segments also on video games but yeah in the united states it's it really popped off with the console wars i'm, I'm and like i said i to dan i imagine you guys over in the uk were kind of looking over in the us and japan and wondering all right, you guys, just duke it out. We're just gonna reap the benefits afterwards. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But I think, like I say, it was that um, the, the culture over here because it because it was so arcade based. Mm. Um, it, it even that advertising wise were, you know, you, you you get adverts for arcade machines in console magazines. Oh. Do you know what I mean? So it was that type, and then it all fed into each other. You know what I mean? You you saw something in an arcade, you wanted it for your console, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, so what it was, um, from my point of view, it always seemed like there was a good arcade scene in Japan, mm. not so much in the US. It, it seemed like the US was more Nintendo based and, yeah. and home home game based. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was only you know, that was just as a kid looking from the outside, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and we have a little bit of a a little bit of a message here from Mr. Juan de Marcos uh, on the chat, uh, which I completely agree with. Children of all children of all ages, let's all suffer together. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, suffering builds character, you That's guys. It. <laughs> all right, Joe, back to you. Got to have the best. Go ahead. What, what, what would you chap say then? Uh, on each, on each system, then let's let's name your hardest, your, your own personal hardest experiences for each system. Let's see. All right, uh, Seabird, you 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 go first. Uh, the one I played recently for me is the hardest, Kid, Kid Chameleon on the Genesis. Mm. So it's hard for me because it takes like quite some time to actually finish. So it took me a week, thanks to the PS3 port. So mm. I, again, I find it difficult to actually uh, use that on a genesis mm. and uh there there are actually a lot of games i played that's really difficult so it, it, it was normal for games back then to be difficult so um but but those are just actually some of some of them so robocop versus terminator kid chameleon and because uh, uh, one of the things that's hard uh for us actually it's because we don't have the internet mm-hmm. uh, n- nowadays if you are having problems with with a stage, you can just go YouTube and, and just check it, and uh, you, no one's gonna know that you cheated. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, back in the days, so you, you're just uh, playing, uh, playing all the moves, the strategy, and and and, uh, and it, it's all just uh, your effort into playing it that uh, makes you succeed in in accomplishing the the story of whatever game you're playing. Also mine. All right, now let's proceed with Sir Pao. Sir Pao, we know that your background is mostly in Super NES. What was your hardest, uh, Super Nintendo or Super Famicom, what was your hardest experience in whatever game that you played with uh, in that era was? Hmm, let's see. 
I guess that I guess that quicksand level in Contra Three. Quicksand level in Contra. The fourth the quick stage. Sand. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. fourth stage. We spin round. You can't stop spinning. Yeah, you spin. You're spinning right round, baby, right round until you get vertigo <laughs> for spinning in that stage. Come on, we're all '80s kids here. You guys would know. You guys would know the references. <laughs> there you go. All right, excellent, excellent. Um, let's see. Uh, for me, uh, personally, on the system, I would say <clears throat> hardest game on the Super NES wasn't so much hard because it was hard to play. I mean, the mechanics were hard. It was hard because I really wanted to play it well, but I just couldn't because uh, of the hardware limitations. It was a little game called Civilization for oh, the Super NES. It's that game, I, I'm a huge Civ fan. If, if anybody knows one thing about me, I'm a huge Civilization fan. And I will play it on any platform. If it shows up on a mobile, if it shows up on on tabletop, uh, a, a, a board game, I'll play Civilization. If it plays, it shows up on the PC, I'll play it. It showed up on the Super NES. <clears throat> and I think it was designed for the mouse uh, interface for the Super NES. Super keyboard and mouse. mouse. Yeah. And it was really hard to play with just the the the, the joystick controller, the, 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 the yeah, the joypad or whatever, because you had to move the cursor ever so slowly from one point to the next one, and you know, yeah, you still had to figure out where you could jump the cursor. I knew the mechanics of Civilization, I knew how to play it, but it was just so hard to play. But I still wanted to play it, so that's the hardness level is from from the mechanics of the machine and the game itself, not so much the game proper. There you go. Uh, our Ruben Jose, uh, sorry, Ruben Jose Chavez Senior says, "Save nothing like having Greeks or Romans in ancient times with the WMD weapons of mass destruction." <laughs> yeah, and all they got back then is just a catapult and the battering ram. Battering ram. Mm. Those, well, like those are the those were the weapons of mass destruction. Like you oh, said, in, in my recent in my recent short <laughs> review, short video review that Joe actually posted on the Pinoy Retro Gaming official page. Uh, only in civilization is only in civilization can you see an, uh, a knight on horseback one hit killing a sherman tank and <laughs> <laughs> and you are you get the thrill of battle from it you know with a wooden spear <laughs> well, there you go <laughs> you know that one knight that you completely forgot to upgrade back right there suddenly comes charging at that sherman tank makes it blow up cheap aluminum one. metal right there <laughs> cool <laughs> and as for the sega genesis one of my hardest uh games to play is um i would say uh f22 interceptor i'm not oh. sure if anybody's familiar with that look it look it mate yeah mm, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a plane simulator uh and because of the fact that it ran almost purely on polygons uh it was one of the earlier fully polygon based games and uh it was a flight sim where you would you know take out enemies from air and ground it was a little hard to play because of the fact that the sega genesis kind of struggled to run it so you kind of had to think about two or three seconds in advance before you pulled the trigger for you to be able to hit whatever target you were going. So again, it's more of a mechanics thing, but I absolutely love that game, F-22 Interceptor. So there, sometimes you can, I guess you can say that I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Jock. Oh, um, oh uh, quick shout out to Mr. Ruven, Jose Chavez, Sr. 
Uh, so, Ruben, the topic for the night is uh, S, uh, Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis games. Um, with me, like I said earlier, guys, it's either the game is just uh, either the games were just designed hard, or I was designed dumb. <laughs> oh, okay. that's a dumb kid back then. Okay, um, for the Sega Genesis, they're frustrating, yes, but sometimes it's either they're playable, but it's it's a matter of you don't know where to go, you don't know what to do, because there's no uh, there's no walkthroughs back then, there's no magazines that uh, at the time, there's no internet to explain what to do, what uh, uh, what to do on certain uh, on certain games. The one thing that stood out pretty much as I was racking my brain uh, for the Sega Genesis, it would go with MiG Twenty Nine. MiG Twenty Nine, it's a it's a flying simulator, uh, it's a fly, it's a fighting, uh, it's a plane simulation as well, uh, aircraft simulation, uh, where you uh, where you are controlling a MiG Twenty Nine, uh, so post uh, Cold War Soviet Union uh, jet plane. And you're battling out other um, other uh, other jets and other uh, plane carriers um, during the cold uh, during the post Cold War, and it's not like Sky Destroyer. Like if you just if you just stood up there, if you just lay still, enemies will come flying right at you. With MiG-29, it's just everything's just blue. I mean, where, I mean, where do you go? Like yeah. if it, if the sky is blue, the sea is blue. Is there? You go up or you go down. You just fly around looking for some. Uh, I mean, I don't. I just don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Um, am I supposed to look for something or am I supposed to shoot something? I, I just can't. Um, uh, what else? Um, Sonic, of course. Um, I always, I always stop at the casino stage. Oh, this is Sonic Two, guys. So I always stop at the casino stage. Green Hill Zone. It's pretty much. Uh, it's pretty linear. When you reach casi- the casino stage, all right. It, it's all lights and sounds and all that. Good visually, or uh, visually stunning, right? But it it just got so frantic. Like where? What? What's the best? Pl- uh, you know, I just don't know how to advance to the next stage. And even if I, uh, and even I, if, even if I got lucky, I don't know how I did it the first time. <laughs> It's just I just let Sonic run as fast as I could, just bounce wherever he goes, and then uh, uh, one thing ha- uh, one thing will happen next one uh, one uh, one thing will lead to another, and then I'm just fighting the boss. And I'm like, how the hell did I got here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and if I die, I don't know how I don't That's know how to do it again. <laughs> right? Um, Anyway, uh, for the uh, for the su- for the Super Nintendo, um, Turtles in Turtles in Time. All right, right. Turtles in Time only because only because it, it, it was a little bit difficult for me because um, there are no saves, there's no save states, there's no code for you to have extra lives. If you run out of lives and if you run out of continues, you go way back. Mm-hmm. And this was the time of, um, and uh, the first time I played uh, Turtle uh, Turtles in Time was during the during the rental days, and even even with the emulation right now, well, I, I can't I can do same states sure, but I don't want to do that. I mean, 
what uh, what stops me on keep playing Turtles in Time in finishing Turtles in Time is that I I only play it if like if I'm waiting, like if there's a big if I'm waiting if I'm waiting um, it, with a bit uh, with a long line, and I'll, I'll just grab my phone or or or, or my Vita. Or my PSP, I'll just play for some time there, and then you know, if the missus is shopping for clothes and coal, right. yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you just you just find you just find a corner, sit down quietly, uh, let the missus do her do her thing, and yeah, just sit in there, exactly, and then, you know. there should be and a bad corner in department yeah. stores, you know. <laughs> and once we're done with our, and once I'm done with my thing, I just put it aside. I, I don't really, I don't really tend to finish it. Mm. Like I don't really just. Find a uh, find a good time just to sit one hour, yeah, just sit yeah. and just play the hell out of it. No, I only just play for you know just to pass mm. the time. Play some bobs, yeah, yeah, right. And that, yeah, that's um that's it for me. Um, as uh, top of my head, uh, there's a question here with Sir um, with Sir Derek. Oh, um, question: Have anyone ever used the mode button from the Genesis controllers? What the hell is that mode looking <laughs> for? I mean, I personally never have. Nope, me either. Mm -mm. Me either. I, I personally either. never have. Mm -mm. All right. Was there a mode button? <laughs> oh, see? <laughs> see, there you yeah, go. Uh, there, there is a mode button <clears throat> right you know, smack down in the middle. Mm. Um, it's okay, one of those uh, things that, you know, you completely ignored so much that it just became one of the things that your eyes just never saw anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's right. just for the six button controller. I did see the three button controller and there's no no mode button in there. See, there's oh, like right. oh, there you go. Okay. I hmm. think the mode button is just for the six, uh, the six button. Yeah, six button. Could be. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, if there are no more questions, guys, let's proceed with the closing remarks. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll, uh, we'll do Sir Dan last. Uh, Sir Pao, closing remarks regarding with the SNES Sega Genesis. <clears throat> <clears throat> and where they can find you oh so well as me as mentioned all throughout this episode i am more of a nintendo i am i, I am more of a nintendo guy but it would be it would be fun not only for me but for all of us if we could try if we could try both we could see their differences and the best part of it let's just enjoy the game and let's let's all suffer if it's difficult and let's have <laughs> and let's have fun if it's easy for us this is sir, yes. sir pow you can find me on twitch sir underscore pow underscore 24 youtube sir pow gaming channel and facebook sir pow streaming every afternoon or evening depending on my condition after the night shift work <laughs> yes. Uh, how about Sir Siebert? Uh, closing remarks and where they can find you, Sir Siebert. You know, I, I, I really feel bad right now because I miss most of the topics or the parts. Uh, I, 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 I can't believe my internet would act up now. <laughs> now that we have Dan on, 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 on our stream. But, it's his uh, topic, but, uh, guys, actually. It's his topic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're just happy to be here. ready. For this but mm. uh internet did not cooperate with me so well, no worries no worries it, it happens it's always no a good time <laughs> that's, that's right. right all right continue. so you know what uh what, one of the things i noticed with the games that we had back then is they are all really expensive nowadays 
so you can compare them it's twice the price of some of the games that we have right now some of the newer games so if, if you if you're into that uh, uh, mentality of actually venturing to the games that we had back then be prepared because they are really if you're into collecting that is but uh, you can always emulate so um i grew up playing sega so i there's less that i could uh, talk about the, the super nes and unless it's mario but uh yeah and uh you can actually see me um, um on on the, well we're part of the rpg gaming group so you can actually catch us with uh the playstation 2 with Celso Claudio and Sega Collectors Philippines uh, under Andrew Koa. And uh, I post from time to time with my collection uh, from Sir Dance Group, uh, Sega Sega Genesis Group. So whenever we have acquired new collections, we actually post them and uh, share it to fellow enthusiasts. Thank you, guys. All right. How about Sir Joel? Closing remarks, sir, and your uh, where they can find you. All right, closing remarks regarding the Sega Genesis Mega Drive versus the, <clears throat> the uh, Super NES Famicom uh, dichotomy, shall we say. Like Sir Pao says, enjoy what you've got. Uh, try out everything. Mm, the fun is the main thing for whatever, uh, whatever you play. Uh, sure, a little bit of friendly banter and a little bit of friendly uh, competition is, uh, is you know, adds to the experience of, of Genesis versus Genesis versus uh, SNES. That's perfectly fine, but you know, <clears throat> at the very end, the fun is what uh, we are after. And of course, it also helps out if you put yourself in the mindset of somebody who was actually there during the time playing the game you might maybe you, playing the games of, uh, of that era might be a little bit archaic but if you give it a try if you give it a chance and put your mindset it's, it's the same as a as a kid during the era experiencing for the first time with the uh, with the understanding that they were working with what they had with whatever, whatever limitations there were it's an amazing experience really I am the Pinoy Gamer Abroad of the Banyaga Native Facebook Gaming Channel, part of Pinoy Retro Gaming Network, also on the Twitch.tv, streaming under the name Banyaga Native, which means in our native language, uh, a person who is of native origin but residing in a foreign land right now. That is me, the Banyaga Native. Back to you, uh, Joe. All right. Um, with the with my closing remarks, guys, um, with. Uh, with the gaming uh, the console wars that we have now is just what PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo, PC, sure, right? And and handheld games, handheld games, and yeah. handheld right? right? and mobile games, handheld machines, right? mobile gaming, yeah. And if Twitter was a thing back in the nineties, what kind of a console war we? Uh, <laughs> What kind of if console Twitter was the thing back in the 90s, there would have right? been World War Three back then. <laughs> if, um, if, if the Sega fanboys and the Nintendo fanboys went at it, mm. uh, if the internet was a thing, if Twitter, social media uh, was a thing back in the 90s, no. But it's part of the fun. If anything, the console wars of the 90s did brought uh, gaming into mainstream, uh, world, worldwide. Yes, there might be some discrepancies in regarding with releases, as we, as Sir Dan uh, mentioned specifically in regarding with the UK. But um, it's safe to say that 
whether you're a Sega boy or a Nintendo guy, uh, we uh, we enjoyed what we got, and these memories that we uh, these memories that we have right now made possible with the emulation that with the emulation technology. So, if for all of you guys who have who have missed out during those days, if you can't if you can really afford it to buy your own system your own Genesis, your own Mega Drive, your own Super Famicom, your own Super Nintendo, that's fine. That's why we got the emulation right now. Uh, so there's no really like there's no really an excuse for it to not to uh, not to play your favorite uh, games back then. Uh, legality since uh, you know legality. <laughs> well there's perfectly legal ways of emulating games nowadays. Like I mentioned like the so, Sega Genesis um, collection, uh, compilations on the Switch, uh, the mini consoles and everything. Well, you know, there, there are ways around it. Yes, there's many <laughs> avenues. Yes, and we're uh, we're also um, I'm advertising once again the retro gamers collectors of the Philippines, especially uh, to our international uh, to our non-Filipino audience that we got right there. Um, especially with Sir Dan, you can also check retro gamers collectors of the Philippines. You might surprise yourself on what you'll find, whether mm. it's consoles, uh, games peripherals, accessories. We got it all oh, for you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Before we end, though, I'd like to hear Dan's closing remarks on the subject. Yes, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed it, chaps, uh, listening to you guys and getting all these different views from different viewpoints. It's been brilliant. Um, I, 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 I want to echo your sentiments about emulation. Whilst we, you know, we like to collect and we like to own the odd copies, um, play the games, enjoy the games. You know what I mean? If that means you've got to emulate, get emulating. Yeah. Um, I, I think. I mean, we've, we've, there's a lot of games that we've not even talked about that are some of my favourites um, on both systems. Uh, mm. uh, Bio Metal on the Super Nintendo, mm. Atomic Runner, uh, Afterburner Two, Forgotten Worlds. All these fantastic games. And I think, I think. Star Fox. Yeah, yeah. Mate, this, 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 I think, I think. What, um, what, what worries me a bit is, is when I see a lot of the, the again the mainstream gaming media, and it kind of limits um, uh, what they perceive as the best games on these systems to quite a few, um, and there's Even so games. so many more out there, so many more out there. Uh, so you know, just just in, indulge and and, uh, and 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 try and try and uh, get past. Those those first few difficult tries, and you will you will be rewarded. I, I, like I said, you will. Uh, there's plenty of games out there that if you persist with, um, that I, I still you know I still play retro gaming more than I do um, the modern gaming and the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. You know, the, the, the well, Sega Genesis is my favorite machine. Super Nintendo is not far off really. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, just just enjoy it for I can. Oh, where can they find you, sir? Oh yeah, come and uh, uh, I'm I, I'm just coming. Join us at the Sega Genesis Facebook group. Um, we uh, you know feel free. We're not we we talk about Sega Genesis. I can't allow too much uh, other stuff in there just because some of the locals would get a bit riled. But you know, it, it, come, it, come in and, and share your memories. See what um, see what games everybody's playing and that, and uh, have a laugh. Have a laugh as well. We you know we're there to post a few daft memes and uh, we love friendly banter with Nintendo people. We absolutely <laughs> love it. The system's better than your system. Uh, we keep it friendly, obviously. But, um, but uh, yeah, it adds, it's all good fun. And, and 
to, to be fair, I, I think that's one of the things that made that era. I think that console war uh, uh, pushed friendly, you know, good, healthy competition and gave us these fantastic games that we've got. Excellent, excellent. It was friendly um, for the gamers. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't. Not for the people who are involved. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Sir Dan. And that's uh, that's a wrap, guys. Again, for the chat, thank you so much for... Um, Thank you so much, guys, for for staying uh, for the for the show. We may have went over time, but that's fine. I mean, uh, it, it was a great show. I mean, like Sir Dan said, we have not even touched the uh, the surface of the games for the Super Nintendo and the and the Genesis. There's there's quite a lot. All that we have mentioned is what just the um, uh, just the popular ones, really. Yeah. Not uh, not including the hidden gems and the pretty obscure ones. And hopefully we'll we'll be able sure. to tackle more of those uh, in the future episodes. No, and uh, thanks again to uh, to everyone there in the chat, uh, Sir Carlos, Sir Ruben, Heather Maxwell, Mark Louis Carpio, uh, Romel Buencilio, uh, Sir Derek Conay, uh, Janu, uh, Janus Asasena, and Ar Artur. Who else are who else, uh, who else are there? Um, we have we have quite a few new visitors. Welcome yeah. to the Timeless Gamer Podcast, everybody. Thank you very much for passing by and hanging around. We're very honored that you're here, and well, thanks very much for all the engagement here in the chats because that's what keeps the conversations lively as well. And of course, as always, guys, our bodies and video games may go out of date, but our gaming experiences will forever remain. I love it. There you go. There you go.